Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. It is one minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five, and this the month of September in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO. Not even 30 seconds into the show, and the Windows error messages are right there on time. Well done, Tim Riley. It's going to be one of the best shows we've ever had. I can just sense it. I feel it in my bones. Just something. I'm in raring the, to go. Something in the air. All right. Something then. in the air. It's uh, 503-228-4101 if you would like to join us today on this Tuesday morning. It's 503-228-4101. You can also text if you like. It's 520 uh, You can email. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com, Sarah with an H at KUFO.com, Tim at KUFO.com, or uh, a good friend Brent, who is filling in for Greg Nibble this morning, can be reached at uh, Brent at KUFO.com. I say, kind of bluffing. I don't really know if that's I was going to say, do you actually not. know this? No, I'm just uh, okay, kind of making he, that up. He nodded, but is it? Uh, so we'll talk to Greg more about this when he gets back tomorrow, but he was presumably going to be filming an episode of Leverage, I think, yesterday or Sunday, in any event. About a month and a half ago, I inadvertently screwed Greg out of his role on uh, his role on Leverage. He was going to be playing some Eastern European thug who gets his finger broken. And long story short, I uh, I impeded his progress in that arena. So he was not uh, he was not able to film that episode. And I thought that the slate was about to be wiped clean this week. I thought that all my sins were going to be forgiven because he was supposed to be filming an episode of Leverage yesterday. That didn't happen. Because I, I guess he he does some commercial work on the side. We'll have him kind of explain the whole thing tomorrow. But I, I guess he does some commercial work, although the well has run a little dry recently. So he hadn't done a commercial in like three or four months. So he gets a call from some commercial agency. Would it's you a like national to, commercial agency. Yeah, they're like, would you like to come film? You know, would you like to come film a spot for us? And he says yes. And of course, of all the days in, uh, you know, all the weeks and all the months in all the years, it is on the same day that the leverage folks wanted him to come shoot. So there you go. That's the way it happens sometimes. That's exactly how it is. So, uh, so my inadvertent screwing of Greg out of his gig on leverage just continues to be there. It's like, you know what it is? It's like how you need something to knock knock another story off the front page. It's like how what's his name? Uh, it's like how it's like how Sam Adams needed Michael Jackson. I mean, the guy Sam Adams a, needed Michael Jackson. Remember, there was the Sam Adams thing followed by the guy in South Carolina, the governor whose name I've already forgotten, and they were both knocked right out of the news cycle by Michael Jackson dying. So, oh, okay. I thought the two were related in some way. No, I'm just saying. I'm saying Greg at some point will. I mean, he'll have to. Even if I have to go to Timothy Hutton's house someday and just kneel on his front porch and beg and plead with him, uh, Greg has to do something with leverage at some point in his life, just so I can, so I can be rid of this, uh, uh, this millstone of guilt that I wear around my neck about the uh, about inadvertently shafting him out of his uh, out of his role on that show. So, well, in any event. Uh, it's 
4101 coming up later on the day. We'll talk to Don Taylor from Movies.com about the DVD releases. Dax Holt will join us from TMZ. And we have a, a pair of tickets for you to see Blink 182. That'll be happening at uh, some point this morning. Also, a pair of passes for you to see Halloween 2. We have a, a penis watch on the way today. And you have the story about a woman who inadvertently blew up her car. I, in, didn't, uh, I do not know. Okay, this is in Chicago. All right, we'll get to that here. In uh, just a bit as well. Uh, good morning, Sarah Dillon. How are you today? Good morning. I'm allergy-tastic today. <laughs> you sound a little uh, congested over there. Yeah, I've had kind of a sneezing attack. You know, I got some uh, allergy medication oh. on my desk. Oh, I'm hitting you up for that during the break. Now, there's a whole, I read I was uh, read a thing yesterday in the paper, and then it was echoed on, I think it was KGW last night, where they have that, it's kind of like a weather map where the, you know, they have the H for the high-pressure system or something that comes in, but it was an allergy map. Mm-hmm. And... They actually just had, you know, sometimes on the weather map, they'll have the huge sort of cartoony snowflakes showing where winter weather is going to be happening. It was just huge pieces of pollen. It was like gigantic, you know, sort of ragweed symbols or something they had all over the map. So I think there's some sort of unpleasantness with uh, some sort of foulness in the air. Boy, Jesus, though, did you see those pictures of uh, the, the fire advancing on, on downtown Los Angeles? Yeah. That's unbelievable. I mean, I know that we get this every year in California where there's wildfires, but there were some shots yesterday. Because L.A. is basically just a big expanse of flat, Mm -hmm. except for this one cluster of really tall buildings. And there was this photograph, I think it ran in the L.A. Times, of the fire behind all of those tall buildings in downtown L.A. And it was really, it was creepy looking. It was really terrifying. In any event, it scorched 105,000 acres. Yeah, I mean, it's and you said it was uh, threatening the entourage home. It already did. I think it burned it down to the ground. Oh, well. It's come and gone. Story over. At the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, it's your personal savior. Are you going to sneeze again? No. (laughs) I've tried not to. Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. It is now 5.07. It's going to be partly sunny today. Highs near 80. A couple lived to tell about a terrifying tiger carjacking drama. Now, they finish up their meal at Banning's Restaurant and Pie Shop, get into the car. When two burly men jump into the back seat, they try to choke the man with a seatbelt, ordering his wife to drive. She does. The robbers wrestle the man's wallet away from him, tell the woman to stop the car. She does. They run away and still haven't been found. Cops brought in dogs. They still can't find them. Both of these scumbag robbers are in their 20s. One is white, the other could be Hispanic. One has a big tattoo on the right side of his face. Both are heavy set morons. You don't really, you don't really, you don't really think of this as a, a crime that happens outside of Banning's Pie Shop. No, Banning's it, Pie it's Shop tiger. is a that's a that's a. I've been at that pie shop. That's a singularly pleasant place. Mm-hmm. All right, do they have Esther's Pies here in Oregon? I've never seen one. No. Esther's Pies is a restaurant, and their defining characteristic is the fact that the door handles are uh, rolling pins. They have rolling pins mounted to the front of the doors. That's how you open the place. That's a. I'm not really. Uh, I'm not really much of a fan of desserts, but I'm just saying. Every now and again, you get a good slice of like a boysenberry or something. I can go with that. Here's that uh, Tim Riley. So Chris Brown is responding to a reaction over this promo they keep running on CNN about this upcoming interview with Larry King. The clip, which is making the rounds on the internet and CNN showed, it shows the singer answering no to King's question about whether he remembers beating Rihanna. I saw that during uh, Anderson Cooper last I night. I too. Yeah. He said he doesn't remember it? Yeah, he yeah. said yeah, he has no, no recollection of it. Oh, good. Well, now he's saying the 30-second clip of one of his one-hour in this one-hour interview with Larry King is not representative of what he said and that he misspoke 
after King asked him the same question several times. So he misspoke several times? So apparently his, I think his defense is essentially that, that Larry King badgered him into amnesia. Mm-hmm. Because if you're seeing the clip, and I'm not, do you have the audio of it? Because I, I, uh, I don't have it in front of me. All right, I'll, yeah, I'll find it we'll find it in some way. Because, it, yeah, they were playing it all, all night last night during Anderson Cooper. So Chris Brown, his defense effectively is that Larry King asked him the question so many times that he, Chris Brown, then eventually forgot the answer. That is sort of like chewing the flavor out of a piece of gum. Uh, That after giving Larry King a forthright and honest response multiple times, he just had no truth left in him, and the answer was suddenly uh, gone. But CNN, I mean, they're no fools. They know a good clip when they see it, so they they excerpted that out, and they were just, uh, they were beating that thing like a gong uh, all the way through uh, yesterday's Anderson Cooper show. America's top model gets 59 years to life in prison. Fashion designer Ahmed John Alexander was convicted of 16 sex-related counts. He gets 59 years in the slammer. The 35-year-old designer who was featured on the TV show America's Next Top Model was convicted November 3rd of charges including rape, lewd acts on the child, and sexual battery involving the seven young women and teenage girls. They maintained his innocence, wanted a new trial. Uh, apparently, Alexander offered Bond women online, baited them with promises of glamorous photo shoots and other modeling work, only to fondle or rape them in his Beverly Hills apartment. He acted as his own attorney. Police began investigating Alexander in March 2007 when a woman reported she'd been sexually assaulted in his apartment. So apparently a lot of women came forward. He's also in, under indictment in New York involving nine other women there. Oh. Yeah, I recognize him from the show. He's really sleazy looking. Did you watch that uh, the the cycle thirteen I'm, I'm premiere? I'm halfway through it. It is hilarious. Is it awesome? Oh my god! It has like a Jesus freak girl on it who cries and wants to model for Jesus. Can it I is just, like the best thing ever. Let me just tell you this. So uh, we uh, we had an advanced copy of because they don't do seasons anymore. Because that the, the thing that America's Next Time Model they do well, like two or three batches of that show a year. So what we used to call a season. There's cycles, Rick. There's cycles. So it, because the, and and the thing is, there's never really any downtime for TV shows uh, anymore. It used to you know shows used to have there would be the new fall lineup and it would go from fall all the way through spring and then you you know and then you would get like the summertime when it was just reruns and now they don't you know i think they've realized they can't afford to do that it's like how post carson talk show hosts never took any vacation they just re- they had to be there all the time or maybe doing reruns and they would never take vacation and they would never do like a guest host cuz they want to give everybody else a chance to do you know to get a foothold so it is with the show so these are just constantly on so cycle 13 is the one mm. that's the one that's about to start and we got an advance the copy of the premiere for that and then cycle 14 is the one I mean, they do auditions here in Portland for all of them, but Cycle 14 is the one where I was at the auditions. Well, Cycle uh, 13, though, is the under 5'7". That's right. So the next, But the next one is over 5'7". Over 5'7", the, okay. The next season or cycle is going to be 5'7 and over. And I have a link. I'll try to find this later and post it up. I have a link, actually, to all of the audition videos from the auditions that I went to. So you can actually watch the auditions from all of the girls that were at Cedar Hills Boulevard in Beaverton. Oh my god, um, I want to see if there's anybody I know. It's no, it's fantastic. Best single best audition video is what I mean, you know what a catwalk is. It's like when you walk you you walk that way to the wall and you walk back. Mm-hmm. I was talking to somebody uh, who I shouldn't identify about this, but somebody who was at the um, somebody who was at the auditions and I was and I was out doing something or other. I was out interviewing girls in the lobby or whatever. And, um so I missed this, but apparently there was a girl who was asked to walk directly to the wall and back and she just immediately walked sideways for reasons for reasons that they were never able to figure out they said walk to that wall and walk back and to that wall somehow became walk over there instead and so she like her whole sense of spatial relations was all like way off anyway 
I'll find a link and I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll give it to you so you can see that because it's uh, it's it's sheer gold. All right, we'll do this. We'll uh, uh, get more news from Tim Riley on the other side. Coming up later on this hour, 540, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. We'll have some news about the light at the economic uh, end of the economic tunnel. 7 o'clock, Don Taylor from Movies.com. 8 o'clock, Dax Holt from TMZ. And who is the father of Michael Jackson's children? You'll find out. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO, and good morning to you. It is Tuesday, September 1st. It's 503-228 or 101 coming up later on today. Uh, we'll have a, a pair of Blink-182 tickets. Uh, they're going to be here September 9th. That is next week, so we have a pair of tickets to see Blink-182. More details at KUFO.com. pair of passes to see Halloween 2 as well. Did you see that last night? No, no, I ended up uh, staying in and watching Children of Men, which I've never seen before. Children of Men is a fantastic That's film. an amazing movie. It's pretty, it's pretty gripping. It's pretty bleak, like especially like just finishing The Road and then watching uh, Children of dude, Men. It's like, okay. Road. And now I'm reading uh, No Country for Old Men. What is your problem? I don't know, but I'm liking it. You're in, the, uh, you're in a decidedly the, the bleak uh, the mood, art-wise. It's, I suppose so, but I'm really enjoying I think, like, you know how you get in moods for like a certain type of thing? No, the, I'm right now in that mood. Man, I'm reading The Road, and I get the sense that that's a book I could read in probably a day if I really put my mind to it. Because it's a, you know, it's you a, can. It's a fairly fast read, but um, it, but I'm reading. I'm I'm having to. I'm deliberately taking my time because I wanted to. I don't want to just plow through it. I want to make sure that I. I want to sort of drag it out because it's so great. The end's a real downer. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate that. I, I here's I, I made this mistake by the way. After somebody said, I don't even remember what spoiler was inadvertently revealed here. Somebody said. Somebody said something last week, and if, if if you remember what it was, don't remind me, because I've actually managed to forget it somehow, but somebody made some reference to the road last week, and they said, oh, have you gotten to the part where that, and it was some something awful, and I said, no, no, I haven't, but I want to thank you for ruining it for me, thanks a lot, Dick. No, and, they don't find the land of Oz at the end, I'll I'm, give you that hint. But so that, that somebody then said, you know, whatever you do, don't click this link, and like an idiot, what did I do? I clicked the link, and the link took me to the, because you know, they're making... Have they already shot it? They shot. They shot a movie of the road. Is oh, yeah, already done. It was done here, I believe. Is it, I don't know if it's finished or not. But it, it is because I saw a preview for it a few weeks ago. So they, yeah. So they, they are making a feature film of the road, the Cormac McCarthy novel. And I clicked on the link, and the link took me to the Internet Movie Database listing. And it said things like, I mean, I guess if you don't want to hear, I don't even know if these are spoilers or not. But it was like the cast list for the road, and it was like Dead Man Hanging from Rafters, played by John Vincent. So you, you know. Uh-huh. It, Cannibal guy played by you know Sid Fritzelweight you know and, and so it was just by looking at the the cast list I was able to sort of suss out some of the things that were coming up in the book and so as soon as I realized what that was I closed the window because I didn't want to know anymore but um mm-hmm. what was my point the point is that it's great but boy you could just tell you could just tell it's just one big just one big junk punch over and over again for like two hundred and eighty pages which is you know I mean there's certainly a time and place it's for great. that like by the by the end of it you don't want it to be over even though it's depressing like it is so beautifully worded that you just want to keep on, the journey to keep on going I was uh, talking to somebody about it yesterday I said that reading the road it was like a really really gorgeous painting done totally in shades of gray here's the, the my final thought about the road 
everywhere I go, no matter who I'm talking to, there is somebody else in the room who is either reading it or who has just read it. I was at uh, one of my favorite places, the uh, the barley mill the other day. I'm sitting there and I order my uh, sandwich or whatever. And within the space of, I don't know, probably two and a half minutes, both the bartender and the waitress made a point of coming by the table and telling me exactly how great the book was and that they were reading it and was I enjoying it. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, was I near the end? Because if so, they really wanted to talk to me about everything that happened in it. So it it's obviously a book that's... It's a fast read. It, it is, really is making quite an impact on the on folks. So in any event, here's uh, Tim Riley at the news desk, ladies and gentlefolk. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center downtown Portland, five twenty-seven. It's going to be partly sunny today. Highs will be near eighty. A dead body has been found at a makeshift campsite near Rotodendron. Somebody flying down a passing cop who quickly determined there is quote peculiar evidence unquote at this case. That's all they're saying at the moment. Hey, we're going to have more public toilets here in the city. Commissioner Randy Leonard is giving his blessings to adding four more, which cost $57,000 apiece. They'll be installed in Old Town and the Rose Quarter. Portland is vying to become the world's leader in solar-powered toilets. Is, I know we can do it. Is Randy Leonard the toilet king of, uh, of, of Portland? You know what? If you want to get in good with the people, give them toilets. Is he the guy that gave us the toilets downtown in City Hall that are never closed? I believe so. But what sucks is that nobody ever uses those toilets. Wait a minute. I, I'm not sure if that's still open. I, uh, that, that was a pilot program that nobody talks about anymore. Is one, of the, is one of the toilets downtown that never closes, is that one of the toilets where Sam Adams was apparently getting his, uh, getting his kiss on? No, no, no. no, that, no that, that, that was, was the, the City Hall toilet. I was just thinking, like, how ironic would that be? Um, that would be really scandalous. I'm sure that would have been brought up before. They are self-cleaning. I want to I get with you in a solar-powered toilet. Uh, do you have 15 minutes at lunch? So, solar-powered toilets mean what exactly? I mean, I understand I sol- don't know. I understand toilet. I understand mm. solar. I understand power. I don't understand a solar-powered toilet. What is it you need to power? Is it just a flushing mechanism? A flushing mechanism, I suppose. And probably the cleaning, too, because those self-cleaning ones, have you ever seen those? Um, I think they have those in San Francisco. No, but, but see, Somewhere. This is- Seattle. We're now falling into one of those one of those dumb science questions that always trips us up because then then we realize we're not nearly as smart as we think we are. We are though, and it turns out that chickens can fly. Toilets don't need electricity, though, right? Am I correct on this? They do in to- order to flush. But see, I don't. And to and to uh, you're like- continuing this, not me. But but, but this but. is you saying that because I don't think that's no, true. The doors open and close like automatically, mm-hmm. and they also need. Uh, Okay, the door, like the door to get in, would need maybe. Well, the door doesn't open and close automatically. What are we talking? But is it the The, the solar-powered toilet toilet in Portland? That's not like the one in in Seattle, though. That's like a shower. I have not been in either public toilet, so I can't tell you. Yeah, the only one I've been in is in London, and I think they're the same kind where you only get a certain amount of time in there, and then after you know, like it opens the door even if you're sitting there, and then it closes up and. And then power it washes itself. Yeah. There's a warning. Pull up pants. Pull up pants. Doors about to open. <laughs> you have five seconds to cover your genitals. Um, <laughs> Chris, in my head, it's that. It's that. Uh, it's How that, do you know it isn't true? In my head, it's that announcing I, I think voice. That would be very good. It's that announcing voice from Aliens, where it's telling Ripley, "You have ten seconds to reach minimum safe distance, and then, uh, and then your junk will be exposed to everybody." Let's, let's stop for just one second. Do we currently have solar-powered toilets anywhere in Portland, publicly accessible? The ones they put downtown, are those solar-powered? I believe they are. Okay. The solar-powered aspect, is that just the door? 
And it, why do you need a door that opens and closes automatically? Do you not have hands? Well, because they're like crazy. No, it, it's to, it's to encourage people to do their business and get out. Yeah, and because, not linger. And so, like, some homeless folk doesn't set up camp in there, mm. you know, all day long. I don't. But I don't understand. So if you if you, you have a limited time to spend there, so you only do the business at hand and not do other business. Like, are you telling me that we have toilets in Portland that will actually expose your junk to people? <laughs> yes. That seems illegal. I can't imagine that that would possibly be allowed. You're only given a certain amount of time. You're, maybe maybe we should do this I, as a group activity. I don't believe you. I no, don't believe you. I, I am, by paying to get into the to- wait, do you have to pay? I, re- I, re- I, I believe uh, no, the toilets see, are free. See, I don't think you can have pay toilets in America. I think that's illegal. I think it is. Isn't it against the law to have pay toilets? No. You, uh, isn't it a public everywhere? Health? There are pay toilets in New Orleans. There are pay toilets everywhere. It, it define everywhere. I mean, I understand what everywhere means in the colloquial sense, but that... Well, everywhere I've been. I don't think I've ever encountered a paid toilet in America, ever. Not once. Well, you don't travel that much. Yeah, but I've been to you know, multiple states. I've been to a lot of cities. I've never in my life encountered a paid toilet. The only Maybe the closest just thing I, like you have it. The only thing I've ever encountered that's like a paid toilet in this country... And I mean, you know, granted, it's just since maybe the 70s, so maybe it was before that, but I, uh, is it McDonald's where sometimes you have to get a token from the guy behind the counter because they don't that's, want the... That's still the case in many places. Okay, but that's not a pay toilet. That's not like it takes a quarter, though. That's just that's just like getting the key because all you have to do is go ask for and a token. And a lot of people will not ask for that. So if you go to that McDonald's downtown on whatever it is, like 5th or 4th or something, my dentist right down there, if you go to that McDonald's uh, on, on 5th, um, I think it is right by the Gentle Dental Complex. That's the one I'm talking about, and it's sort of by, uh, there's a cinema or whatever, but if you go in and you need to use the toilet, you have to go to the guy behind the counter, you did anyway, when the last time I was there, and you say like, hey, I need to use the restroom, he gives you a little gold uh, token, you go, you put it in the door, door opens. But it's not like you have to buy anything, and it, you don't have to pay him for the token. There, I have never in my life encountered an actual pay toilet. Oh, I, have. I mean, they have, those in, um, they have those in Europe, but I thought there was some sort of law. No, in, in New Orleans, I was there at a restaurant, and you had to pay like a dollar to use L.A., that. L.A., I've seen them really? in several places. Mm-hmm. San Francisco. Wow. Boston. Do, I, do you suppose that any number of people out of spite just go like, well, I'm not going to use it. You know, and it's like, right, just, just, just there in public. All right. Well, I don't we'll know. Continue this toilet discussion later on. This isn't even really toilet humor. It's just it's just sort of toilet musings. Toilet education. <laughs> toilet education month. <laughs> right here on the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-228-4101. Stay there. Steve Kastenbaum next. We're live from Portland, where the toilets are solar-powered. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up later on the day, Don Taylor from Movies.com and at 8 o'clock, Dax Holt from TMZ. Tim Riley, what headlines are we following for the good people of Portland today? There'll, there'll be more toilet talk coming up. I did a little investigation. We'll talk more about that. And uh, what did Courtney Kardashian say on her reality program that's raising eyebrows? And by raising eyebrows, you mean raising my breakfast? Because I saw mm-hmm. the I saw the quote you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Do you have Do you have both? Because she said I can those... play both. Which one? Let me. Uh, did you pick the uh, first one or the? Bless you, sir. Uh, did you pick the one that had to do with the number or the one that had to do with the clothing? The clothing. Oh, 
right. I, I have no idea what you guys are talking okay, about. Yeah, no, you should. Uh, uh, have you, you should remain in the dark for okay, now. I won't look it up. I'm it's a tease. About them. Because I'd like to horrify you, just as <laughs> I was horrified. Because it's not a thing you expect people to be discussing, 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 or discussing. <laughs> that was Freudian. Um, seriously, impolite conversation, or even on reality television. So we'll get to that here. Let's uh, welcome down to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, CNN radio correspondent and man of the world, Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, how was vacation, sir? Vacation was great. Uh, I spent uh, like a week in Guadalajara, Mexico, uh, studying Spanish in the morning and then just sort of hanging out in the afternoon. Then I went to Puerto Vallarta for the weekend on the beach, and uh, it was great. But now- Puerto Vallarta is not that place they talk about in the book. Uh, um, uh, what is that place? What's that book? Is it on? What's what's that? Uh, the, the book that takes? Oh, it's San Miguel de Allende. The place that uh, the the book on on something time. Oh, I don't know about that, but it's where Elizabeth Taylor, uh, you know, used to vacation, and and she's the reason why it's become it had become such a uh, popular destination. Um, oh, what's the name of that movie that? Uh, who, uh, the the actor that she was having the uh, the relationship with uh, was filming down there at the time on the beach. I can't remember. Anyway, but it's one of those. But my wife has gone to both of those places, and it's uh, it's on the list of uh, destinations that she will inevitably uh, take me to at some point. So you know, Puerto Vallarta. After you've been in Guadalajara, Guadalajara is like real Mexico. You know, it's in the middle of the country, and it's very traditional, and it's it's not. It's very different from Mexico City, and it's that it's it, you know it's where all things that you think of being Mexican they they say originated, right? And then you go to Puerto Vallarta, and it's like you know half the people living there are American retirees, you know, making their social security checks go further, you know. <laughs> It's you could you always hear that we'll go there we'll go to uh, we'll go to Puerto Vallarta we'll live like kings on the beach. <laughs> Are you doing the uh, the immersion uh, therapy uh, immersion therapy the, the immersion training thing where you're uh, you know with with uh, speaking Spanish where you go there and they just like stick you in a room with people who don't speak English for six hours a morning or something? It was kind of like that. It, it, it went really well. I, I my my Spanish has improved uh, greatly, but uh, yeah, I, I'd highly recommend Guadalajara. You know, uh, swine flu be damned. It was fun. It's, I was. <laughs> I was about to ask, did you see the story that 10% of people in New York have been exposed to the uh, to the swine flu? I hope that means that I'm sort of inoculated now. now I, <laughs> I don't know that it works that way. I'm not really sure that's how the swine flu uh, uh, functions. I will say this, actually. It, it, whenever, you know, you feel like uh, maybe, you know, you're, you're feeling a little under the weather, or maybe you've been, you know, uh, you feel like you've been working next in a cubicle next to a guy who's been coming and he's been coughing up along every morning. It's always good to hear a story from somebody who had a much worse experience than you. So I was uh, talking to somebody Saturday night. My wife and I went out to dinner, and we were speaking with somebody who was on a plane. And the the, up, the upshot of it is that there was somebody on the plane who'd gotten the swine flu, oh. but didn't want to. But they were desperate to get back home from I think New Zealand, and oh. so they they were coughing and sneezing and hacking and gurgling and spitting and whatever. Oh. And and they kind of said, uh, no no no, I'm fine. It's uh, it's just uh, some bad clams I had earlier. I'm gonna uh, I'll be I'll be I'll be fine. Just let me on the plane. And so about halfway through this 20-hour plane flight, apparently it really kicked into high gear. And you're just inside this sealed metal tube, breathing the same air as the person across from you who spends, uh, you know, most of their waking hours going, and it's just a whole lot of bad. And, I mean, at moments like that, I kind of, uh, you know, I feel like it's probably in my interest to just stay at home and lead a relatively boring life, Steve. You know, that that sounds like the most selfish thing you could do as a traveler. I mean, because you've literally probably infected half the plane, if not more, by doing that. You well, know? At least I mean, you at least you've made an impact. You'll be remembered. Speaking of bad flights, by the way, you ever go on a vacation and then a, the, the return flight home just ruins it for you? 
I have actually. Uh, I've been. This is many, many years ago, but I uh, I went. To, I don't even remember where I was. It was not even really a big vacation. It was just like Vegas or something. But on the flight back, it was the thing where it wasn't even the landing at my destination. I think this is when I was living maybe in Washington. But it was the flight out of Vegas. For some reason, we ended up sitting on the tarmac for two and a half hours. I mean, and that's and that's the worst time because you're ready to get home, especially in a place like Vegas where you're just so beat and exhausted and, you know, you're just drained. And you're like, I can't wait to get home, sleep in my own bed, get some rest, go back to work tomorrow, start everything. And you're sitting there in the tarmac waiting to leave. You have nothing exciting really to look forward to except getting home and going to sleep. And you're sitting there for two and a half hours waiting to take off. And you're, it just puts a bad taste in your mouth for the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Well, it zapped it out of, uh, you know, zapped all the, the good feelings out of me. I was waiting in Dallas for my connection back to New York. And they sit right next to me, this family with four young children. Oh. Like, and they're all, like, a year apart, right? And these are parents who, like, instead of being, you know, when you, when you have four kids, you've got to be kind of a disciplinarian, right? But these parents were, were intent on being, you know, their, their young kids, and I mean young kids. They're young kids, like, cool parents, best friends type, yes. right? So the parents were all, like, hyped up and excited about the trip. So instead of, like, calming the kids down before a three-and-a-half-hour-long uh, flight, they were getting the kids all riled up. <laughs> so naturally, the whole flight back to New York, the kids just would not shut up. <laughs> and they were right behind me the whole time. And they were just acting out the whole time, the whole trip back. And the parents had no control over the kids. And it killed it for me. And it really made me scared because, you know, my wife's pregnant about being a parent. Yeah. Well, but here's the thing. At least, at the, I mean, you could almost look at it that maybe you know uh, some higher power was giving you an object lesson and how not to be a parent. Not that you probably needed reminding. It seems like you'd probably be. You know, it seems like you know you you guys have a pretty good handle already on you know on how to live life and how how one might raise a young person. But just in case you had any sort of doubt, if there was any sort of muddlement in your mind about how to or to not have your kid behave, mm-hmm. that was just uh, you know, it was God driving the point home to you right there. Yeah. Here's a, here's a, here's a here's a suggestion. When your kid's kicking the back of the chair in front of them, tell them to stop. <laughs> but that, see, the thing is that, like, if someone needs to be told that, that advice is not going to do them any good. I mean, it, it, I don't think there's anybody who hasn't gotten that memo. When, when somebody is letting their child misbehave, here's the thing. Either A, they don't care. B, they don't really notice it anymore because I would say it's like living next to Niagara Falls. After a while, you just don't hear it. Uh, you know, after a while, you don't hear the alarm clock ticking anymore because it's just part of your, you know, it's part of the aural makeup. After a while, if your kid is running around and being a little screaming bastard, you just don't even notice it. Third, I, I really honestly believe this, that a lot of parents, once they have one kid, two kids, three kids, four kids, and especially if the kids are ill-mannered, poorly behaved in some way, the parents... Parents realize, I think, on some level that, that they have made a series of bad mistakes that they will be then punished for for the next 18 years. So they then passively take it out on everybody around them because they don't want to suffer alone. <laughs> I think you're right. Have you ever gone to a restaurant and there's just some screaming hooligan of a kid and you're sitting there going, don't the parents understand what this And the parents understand. That's it. They'll have no illusions about that. Parents know when their kids are being little cretins. Uh, it's just, you know, they figure, well, look, screw it. The, the other 22 hours out of the day, I'm trapped at home with this little monster by myself. Some other people are going to suffer with me right now. I'm not going to go through this torment alone. I really honestly believe that. Here's, uh, just just as this, here's another thing. And I know it sounds like we're officially just, just uh, kvetching about this now. I've noticed this. You know who cannot wait to tell other people to get married? 
people who are in bad marriages, people who are in marriages that suck, they cannot wait to tell all, especially, and I hate the stereotype, but this is just my, my experience. Women who are in bad marriages cannot wait to get their girlfriends married off. And it's like, you know, it is, it's like Tom Sawyer whitewashing the fence, mm. just sitting there going, oh, no, you just, no, painting this fence, it's sure a lot of fun. Boy, don't you wish you were painting this fence. I, boy, I can't wait to go, uh, I can't wait to go paint all the fences on the block. It's, it's fantastic B- because it sucks and they just don't want to be there alone. So yeah. that's just my estimation of the situation, sir. I hear you. Yeah, well, uh, here's a suggestion for all those parents out there. Teach your children about using the quiet voice. <laughs> there's the inner voice, and then there's the inside plain voice, which is even quieter. And then occasionally, there's the solely internal voice. Yes, Te- teach your kids to have a sort of subtitling, or perhaps like a closed captioning in their, uh, in their mind. Or how about bringing an activity for your kid to do so he's not beating up his sister the whole time? <laughs> I'm glad that you have this opportunity to vent, Steve. How about let, oh. let's all start our own mariachi band right here <laughs> and now? <laughs> oh, I just, it was like, you know, thanks a lot. I had a fantastic nine days and you just ruined it for me. You know? All the more reason for a no kids airline. That's what I'm talking about. Um, well, I know we were supposedly going to be talking about the economy here, but uh, screw it. I mean, yeah, it'll it be here tomorrow. I mean, yeah, it's not like things are going to change in the next 24 hours. All right. Well, I'm glad you had a, uh, a safe, if not altogether enjoyable flight back, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. There you go. See you in the radio correspondent, Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. Awesome. All right. It's the Rick Everson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley coming up at 7 o'clock. Don Taylor from Movies.com. Dax Holt from TMZ joining us at 8. And at some point today, a pair of tickets for you to see Blink 182. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland! It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is Tuesday morning. It's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead uh, this morning, we have more news from Tim Riley. Don Taylor will be here from Movies.com at 7 o'clock. 8 o'clock, Dax Holt from TMZ. We have some truly horrifying Kourtney Kardashian uh, soundbites. So she's not the one who blew us off last week. That was Khloe Kardashian. Yes. Uh, this is Courtney, and I think this is from the... I, I don't even know what show this oh, is from. She's the pregnant one, isn't she? I think so. They're Maybe. on some reality show. Why they were given a reality show, I don't know. And I was talking to somebody about that the other day when I was explaining the thing that the Khloe Kardashian never showed up and that Sarah did a uh, stepped in and did a stellar job pretending to be her. And and the person said, "Well, why were they originally given a show?" And the only reason I knew because it, it it was the she was a friend of Paris Hilton's and then she had a sex tape or she was bonking some athlete. Yeah, this is Kim Kardashian. So right. and, and she's like really beautiful. So, I mean, and she I is very, I mean, yeah, she's, she's hot. I mean, she's she really striking. is. Yeah, so she was friends with Paris. She was also an notori- um, alleged slut. And um, so she was known within the Hollywood community. And then she made... Um, she's a known slut. Yeah. That's... She made that, that um, very that tape with the football player, which is the very specific act. Which is him. the golden standard? Yes, the golden standard of porn tapes for her. Yes. And, uh, uh, and then Where she showered in adulation the for sisters, her... Uh, well, the sisters all lost a bunch of weight, and then they all kind of glommed onto her fame. And then now they tried to make it. You're like, look at how kooky we all are. Apparently, the, the, apparently Chloe and uh, apparently Chloe uh, sort of absorbed the weight lost by Kim and uh, and Courtney, though. That seems to be Greg's uh, estimation of the situation. Anyway, what was my point? Oh, but we got so we have just one of the worst things you've ever heard coming up later on. Uh, we've got a pair of tickets also for uh, Blink One Eighty Two and a pair of passes to Halloween Two. Those are going to be given away at some point. Tim, did you give me this thing about? 
This this thing that was cut out of the paper. Yes. Are you or someone you know struggling with the fear of dental injections? I guess it's they're they're doing some study. I don't really have any point here except to say that there's a truly awful photograph that goes with this. Tim cut this out of the paper, and I think it's from the Oregonian. It says a dentist in your area is working on a study with Oregon Health and Science University and the University of Washington. The aim of this study is to help people overcome their fear of dental injections. You may be eligible to participate if you are 18 or older and are afraid of needles. And not you know, people aren't really wild about needles, but then the photograph that goes along with it. So it's like one of those things they see where, you know, like you'll see this in the paper where it says, like, do you, you know, are you, you know, do you have a problem with smoking or drinking or scabies or something you know we're working on an experimental medication and then there's a number to call if you want to participate and like if you want to be part of a, a lab group or a control group or whatever this one is about the fear of needles but the visual accompaniment here it just shows a woman's mouth open and then a gloved hand jabbing like a seven inch needle into her mouth i mean it doesn't matter whether you're really afraid of needles or not this photograph will make you afraid of needles can we see it yeah here it is. Yeah. i mean that's why i cut it up Oh, God. That's what I'm saying, because... That'll break you with your fear of needles. I mean, so the... I mean, a needle is huge. I mean, I realize we're describing this on the radio, but you just have to understand, it's a woman's mouth, and then there's a gloved hand, sort of firefly style, jabbing like a huge needle into her mouth. And you realize that however many times you've gone to the dentist, <laughs> that's something you've never actually seen. I was actually thinking I, I always ask to be told when it's coming so I can close my eyes, because those needles don't get smaller. See, I don't think I've ever actually seen the needle. I was actually reflecting on this. I felt the metal up against my teeth once. <laughs> is that where they, uh, they yeah. the dentist sort of sneezed or he bumped or something? Do you ever live in fear that the dentist is going to sneeze? No, I have, a, I have a terrific dentist. She would never sneeze. Well, but that, sometimes you can't control that, Tim. Sometimes it just sneaks up on you. There's I, pollen I in the air, for example. I think she would leave and go into another room. But I mean, the case. But, you know, sometimes you sneeze, you know, you stone. Sometimes you're, you know, and just out of nowhere. I mean, how awful would that be? I'm that so, would be awful. Well, whatever well I wouldn't expect it from my dentist, though. She's terrific. Well, you don't expect it, Tim. That's the point, isn't it? These things happen when you are not anticipating them. Here's my final dental thought. Um, it, because go, actually, the thing is, going to the dentist doesn't weird me out all that much most of the time. But occasionally, you'll get that it, you'll get that thing where it's almost like you're stoned, and you're sort of in your own head, and you're having these. It, you start to get these these thoughts about. Uh, you know, you're, you're thinking about the fact that a guy is actually there using the same thing that they use to bore holes in your sheetrock to hang paintings, and they're using that to, to actually carve away pieces of your teeth. It's just the weirdest thing. It seems do like they ever weird you out when you think about them. They do, and especially because it's just pieces of bone that's that are the, sticking out of your head. Exposed bone. That's a, that's like the weirdest thing. It is the weirdest thing, and also this. And I have a great dentist too. I mean, I, after several, after a lot of trial and error, I found a dentist who doesn't maim me. I'm sorry, Tim. No, I've had some horrible. I'm sorry, Tim. I've had some horrible ones that don't seem to understand that it's my money. And your mouth. You get the money from me, it is still my money. The money comes from me. It is not the other way around. You're not paying me to be here. You are taking my money. Um, and I, I have gone to a, a couple of dentists that, you know, in the past, when I, was, uh, when I was much younger, I would go to dentists, and you were sort of, uh, you got kind of intimidated, like you didn't want to tell them. Like if you like, in other words, if you were going to have like, uh, I don't know, if you were if you were going to get the like your haircut or something, and you, the, you felt the guy didn't really understand you, you'd probably leave, or you'd say like, no, 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 I'd I'd really rather have it this way. Sometimes when you go to the dentist, you're afraid to tell them like you're doing it wrong. Ow, that hurts. Please stop hurting me. And I've had terrible problems with male dentists, which I will never have again. 
Male dentists always want you to let you know that they are the boss. No, I am the boss. It is my money. <laughs> and they and here's the other thing with a male dentist, I find that I am much more reluctant to ask for additional numbing medication uh, because I get I feel like I, maybe they won't perceive me as being uh, the masculine enough or something. So I like I want to bond with them as men. So sometimes I just I won't say like uh, really uh, it's painful. Could you uh, could I please get some more anesthetic at this? That would be great. Whereas with women, I just don't uh, because I feel like they're probably more like maternal or something or nurturing and so i'm 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 fine saying wow that's an excruciating pain could you could you possibly inject something else into my gum line that'd be awesome that's how i feel with women uh hairstylists because i don't want to look like a pansy when they're brushing my hair really hard so when they're pulling it and it's like painful my eyes are tearing up i don't want to show them you know that it's actually hurting me because i want to pretend like i'm tough i'm like oh no no that's fine you can brush as hard as you want do you find yourself doing this if you go to get your hair cut and they're washing your hair where even if the water is too hot you will not say anything about it I don't really have my hair washed by people usually, but yes, I would probably do that. I uh, I was at the, I was getting my hair cut maybe a week or so ago, and she's like, "Well, you know, she's got you've got some product in your hair, and it's you know it would probably be better if I wash it. I can get it, you know, and get a better cut that way." And I'm like, ah, you know," and I assume that they're kind of scamming me when they do that because then they charge you for yep. you know they charge you like for ten it. bucks or something, which is which but is it's because the water water is scalding. I mean that well, that's the thing, and so uh, I, I'm typically okay with it. But she gave me the hair. She turns it back on. And she goes, "You just let me know if it's too hot." <laughs> And she turns it on, and it's like I can feel uh, my hair uh, just sort of being burned away by it. But I don't want to say anything uh, because I don't want to look like a big uh, pansy about it. So I just, where were we? Why were we starting with this? Why, why, I don't why know. Were we having this I have a backlog of like a half dozen topics that we haven't finished <laughs> from the first hour. It's because you handed me this thing with a woman getting a giant needle jammed into her mouth. I thought it might interest you. I was simply going yeah, to say correct. that it's something you don't really ever see. You don't typically see the needle. You don't hear the bullet. You don't see the needle. Just like you don't really ever see the dental drill. You see that later. You see it sitting on the thing, but you don't ever really... uh... And there's that one that doesn't even feel like a drill. It feels like a rock polisher of some kind. Like it has sort of a knobbly end. It's like they're just, uh, you know, it's like they're buffing your teeth or something. It's a very unnerving experience. And I have to go to the dentist next Monday. Damn it. (laughs) Why did I look at this? All right, straight ahead. More news from Tim Riley. Stay there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. That's awful. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 and KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. It People is 503. They are, Tim. With crazy eyes. And that's just those of us here in this room. Yes. <laughs> Zing. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. It is 626. It's going to be partly sunny today. Highest near 80. Will former Governor John Kitzhaber return to public office? The governor will announce his intentions to possibly seek an unprecedented third term as governor at some point this week. So people are waiting for that. More on the Portland Lou. It is the nation's, we were talking about this earlier, it is the nation's first cost-effective public toilet. It has been specifically designed to protect privacy while also preventing nefarious activity and the first person to use it, ironically, was Sam Adams. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it says it right here. That is fantastic. It is to prevent nefarious activity, and Sam Adams. How did that work it. out? That, uh, 
that have the desired effect, do you suppose? So here is, it has a relative lack of privacy. It, uh, let's see, it has louvers on the top and the bottom, which allow passersby or police to peek inside. A louver? What is that? It is like a panel that can show your feet or your head, depending, I guess, how tall you are, and... Oh, okay. So but it's your just, head's it, popping out of a free toilet. So it's That's like correct, the, well, yes. so in it, public. So it's like a bathroom stall. Mm-hmm. So it's like a stall in a regular bathroom where you can go and you shut the door, but it doesn't go down to the ground and it doesn't go to the ceiling. Right. Wait. So, but that's just a freestanding stall in the Correct. middle of the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. The louvers create. Uh, can a people sense? see your head? Can they walk by and go, "That's Sarah Dillon. She's whizzing." <laughs> the louvers give create, me camera. They're supposed to create a lack of privacy. Mission accomplished. I don't understand. Who would want this toilet? Well, I guess if you... Apparently, it's wheelchair accessible. People who have to... Really have to to go, I suppose. Uh, I mean, I guess it's... Victoria, Columbia are skeptical about it. They have their own, uh, let's see, invention. Basically, it's a stand-up urinal, although women can use it in a pinch. There have been some complaints. I'm so Wait, confused. So I, I can't don't even use this horrible bathroom. Well, no, it's not for lady folks, Sarah. If you really, really have to, there's a side entrance for you. It's a, a stand-up women, urinal where people can see you're peeing, but women can't go in it, but wheelchairs can. <laughs> well, okay. but but presumably you couldn't see. It was, it was good enough for Sam Adams. It's good enough for you. <laughs> you, you presumably you, uh, you presumably you couldn't see. Let's say Sarah, for example, if you were using this, this there's some toilet. tall people in life. But I mean, able to look in and see you. But mm-hmm. let's assume, for the sake of argument, that I used—I hate to say this—but I used the bathroom, and then later you went in to use it. I'm just saying, if I'm, uh, if if a guy I like is, to think about coworkers have used it before me. I'm just—I like to think I am the first person to use this. <laughs> that the bathroom in my own mind, hermetically no sealed. Is- Although there are certain days when I can tell that there have been people in there before me. That they just, Not you, any of us. You like to think the toilet has just been installed by the plumber. It just came Correct. directly from Home Depot where it was Every sealed day. inside <laughs> some sort of a germ-protecting no bag. No other has sat on this seat. Oh, uh, see, I don't like to. See, that's a thing I don't like to think about. See? Well, I don't I, like to think about, uh, about other. That's why you got to hover. See, do you hover? I Never mind. I'm not, I withdraw the question. I withdraw it. I take it oh, back. No, I take no, it back. No, I don't no, want to no, know. No, no. I don't want to know. I'm retracting that question right now. Okay. I'm just saying... Let's pretend, let's pretend I never even asked that. Here's my question. Mm-hmm. If this public toilet... This isn't the toilet that we have now by City Hall. No, this is a different one. The one at City this Hall one... is just a regular building toilet, but it's just open all the time, right? Right. That's the Sam Adams toilet. Okay. Well, this, Sam Adams this Memorial Toilet. North, we should put a plaque Northwest up. Gleason between 5th and 6th. It's there now? Yes. <gasps> well, it... I smell road trip. <laughs> Could this be a class trip for us? It, it, so it's now currently it it's there. It was installed last year. Northwest Gleason between where fifth and sixth. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to Im- picture where that is. That's like right near. That's next to the Greyhound station. Okay, I guess that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's in Chinatown. All right, so that's so that's sort of by uh, it's like by that douchebag place well, you were at this. Uh, isn't that by like Magic Gardens? Yes, yes, it is. Um, so. Well, I do have some contact Well, this is exactly should, where you should, wouldn't want that we toilet. Call, it's awful. We should call Randy Lender's office his gal named Anna. There's nothing I, I but nefarious activity in that part of town. That doesn't make any sense at all. Well, it is for nefarious activity. Okay. Well, well I'm going to save this contact for you because I know you want more information. Oh, I got like a hundred more questions about this. So there's well, louvers. Well, you want to contact this lady. I need a picture of it. Do you have a picture? Not a very good one. They made a documentary about it called People Can't Wait. <laughs> but this <laughs> Should we go find the documentary? Hold on, I have one more question. I have another question about this, Tim. So there's there's louvers. Go, go find it. The documentary is called "People Can't Wait." The there's, Portland Lou. There's louvers at the top and the bottom, and those are openings. 
Right. I haven't seen it myself, but Sarah, I'm just I'm reading the description. Let me ask you a question what about the women's louver? bathroom. I am so confused I, as to what a louver is. Okay, in the in the women's bathroom because I've never been in there as a as a user, so uh, I've only gone in to sleep on the sofa. So in the women's bathroom, uh, you guys obviously you know you don't have the the, the urinals I've been to. It's just stalls. Do the do the doors on the stalls go to the ceiling and the floor? No. Okay, no. so th- so there's like a foot at the so top like and a foot, foot at the, at the bottom. bottom, and then like a foot at the. I top. get the feeling this is like that, but it's outside. I don't. I don't understand it. But see, my question is, I don't think it would affect you anyway, because it, in other is words, is it a stall? But I mean, if cops can come in and see, does that mean that they can see from the outside in, or do they have to come into a structure and is the stall? Maybe they inside? have special glasses. Is the stall inside? <laughs> X-ray specs. <laughs> is it inside a special structure? That's a good question, actually. So, is it, yeah, so, Tim? Because it sounds like a freestanding stall. Right? Is this yeah. is this inside like- a separate container? In other words, you have to go through a door to even get into the place where you can. You do. Mm-hmm. So then, why would you even need the second door? I am so confused. I don't understand anything about this toilet. Well, well, a toilet? How, why? Why could it be this difficult? Well, we're gonna have to find the video. It's All called right. "People Can't Wait." All right. I, I don't even know where to where to. And what is to keep people from just staying inside then? Uh, a timing it, mechanism. No, but and see, but there's clean. But it sounds it? like there's a second door inside. So why couldn't you just stay behind the second door? I don't know. I've never used it. Brent is really glad he's filling in. Are we sure? Brent, can we turn Brent's... Uh, oh, wait. Does, does, do we know how to turn Brent's microphone on over there? It's all it, It's all very complicated. It's. Uh, I'm not sure if you'll be able to, okay, uh, to hear us. Are you somehow. ready for people can't wait? Brent? Are there? Public building and Hold on. It seems as though I'm going to have to settle for this is Randy my name being affixed to a restroom. So I'm looking at a picture of it now. It looks like it's metal with a seat. Is this the office? This is Brixton, this, city of tomorrow. I'm not familiar with this bathroom. I, could I actually take a look at it? If you're, I feel like if you're asking me questions about the bathroom, maybe I should look at it. So we're going on a tour. It has Science a door. and technology. My name is Rodney Haven, born and raised in Portland, Oregon. And my job is janitorial one. I clean bathrooms and the area around them. Make sure everything's sanitized properly each and every day. Is this a whole documentary about you toilets in general, or out of this toilet? No, this and is. People can't wait. Having, <laughs> uh, restrooms for homeless people, and oh wait, uh, so now it's a restroom for homeless. I thought it was for all of us. City Council identified the restroom in City Hall uh, as the what we called overnight restroom for homeless uh, folks. I didn't support that, and I was very um, strident in not supporting that because there are no homeless people around City Hall at night. They all are actually. Uh, about a mile away in Old Town. For the 1,500 homeless, new homeless people on the streets of Oregon. They're interviewing homeless people. There's no public restrooms. And some of these guys, you know. All right, let's. All right. All right. <laughs> no, Jesus. No. All right, did we get that? Well, there you yes. get the gist of that. <laughs> God Almighty. Well, they are on the street interviewing homeless people. <laughs> All right. And this is why we listen to things before we play. I'm going to make the obligatory potty mouth comment now. We have something much worse coming up, though. Oh, seriously, that's the, the thing. That thing we just had to bleep. You have no idea how that how that compares to this uh, this soundbite we've got coming it up. It can only get worse. Stay with us. Stay there. We're live from Portland. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting in color. Huh? Yeah, that's right. Who's rigged now, Mr. Riggy Man? The Rick Anderson Show returns.
It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. By the way, during the break, Sarah was noting that Lifesavers Candy are called Lifesavers because they have, quote, a breathing hole that will keep you from choking on them. And and it did make sense if it wasn't the only thing that you were thinking about. Like, if you don't dwell on that for too long, it might be plausible. (laughs) It makes sense. because I think I'll investigate this further. Other candies want to kill you because there isn't a breathing hole. Because they're, like, perfectly throat-sized. They can get lodged in your throat. But with a lifesaver, if it gets lodged in your throat, there's still a hole in it. It's hard to believe that they don't use that as their new ad campaign. The uh, Jolly Ranchers will kill you. You don't want candy that will kill you. Do you? Incidentally, Brent has uh, clarified this business of the louver. A louver apparently is like an air vent. This is the last thing we're going to say about the, the toilet on Gleason. And well, especially since we're, it's not a toilet for us. It's not for us. We're it's for the homeless. Yes. How much did it cost him? Let's see. I think they it's got like these a- on a discount for $57,000. But to everyone else, they're 140000 And so do we know, by the way, that these toilets are self-cleaning, this toilet that they put in uh, in Northwest? I haven't heard any complaints that they're not. All right. Because that's the thing they have in Seattle, right? They have the ones they close up and then they go well, these and they are, power wash these themselves. These are supposed to be better than the ones in Seattle. Mm, that seems unlikely. Mm-hmm. seems like if they were better than the ones in Seattle, we wouldn't be giving them to the homeless. Uh, does it, like what? Let's just be honest. I mean, really, let's just call it what it is. Like, it's like if we're giving it away, the America. I mean, look. Well, like, we're not going to give them homes. So we might as well give them toilets. <laughs> we're giving them the home one piece at a time. <laughs> Next, you just get a kitchen wall, but no kitchen. <laughs> Would you like a window frame? All right, it's uh, socialism. <laughs> Well, in any event, apparently the louver is like, um, it's like an air vent where like it a has, hole? Uh, well, it's like an air vent where it has angled slats that you can sort of see through if you were like, uh, like if you have Venetian blinds that were almost closed, I guess that's what they have. It's a, a row of those at the top and a row of those at the bottom. But that being said, I don't know what good those are going to do because you can't see through them anyway. Like how is the man supposed to know if you're, if you're, uh, you know, engaging in something untoward inside? Maybe they, they put their hand up and raise them. Maybe peekaboo some some compl- they they do a complicated uh, the, some sort of maneuver where they're able to to peer inside of it makes no sense at all. All right, let's quit talking about it now. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. Six forty-eight now. It's going to be partly sunny today. High temperatures near eighty, and we understand. There are lightning strikes seen at 162nd and Powell for some reason. Somebody just texted us. Was that. that a text message? That was. And it's it, you should read verbatim. I work around 162nd Powell. I just seen four lightning flashes. Not lightning. Lighting. <laughs> lighting flashes. There's no uh, no e there. Four lighting flashes. I just oh, seen. By the way, I know I said it was the final note, real final note. Mm-hmm. Somebody texts in the uh, apparently the toilets in Seattle are gone. They've been sold off to private parties who took them away. So they didn't even last in the Emerald City. All right, here's Tim Riley. Downtown motorists have another obstacle to make driving miserable, Jesus. which at the same time will make bicyclists happy. The city of Portland has opened a new cycle track bike lane on Broadway. It's the first of its kind. The mayor hopes it'll convince people to leave their cars at home. The mayor is mistaken. Not going to happen. It'll convince them to avoid downtown Portland even more. Not going to happen. The uh, the, yeah, the idea that it's going to make people you know take the bus or the carpool or something is just a mistake. And here's how you know that that's not going to work, because it never works anywhere, anywhere, anywhere in any city on Earth. 
They're, people still take their cars in Seattle, which has gridlock that is like 50 times as bad as ours. It's horrendous. Uh, I mean, there's no city. The only place that ever works, and even then it doesn't work all, you know, completely, is a place like Manhattan where you just have no choice and where everything also is within walking distance. Oh, and plus there's a subway that runs like 24 hours a day. But even there, the streets are really choked with cars. Man, when I was in, I don't, you know, the, the last couple of times I got to New York, I sort of avoid Times Square just because... You know, unless you really well, want to. Times a park now, which is so weird. That's the thing. It's like it's like there's really no reason to go there unless you I really. I want to see Dick Clark. Unless you're going to see a show, yeah. That if you're like, if you want to go see the, you know, the like Letterman, if you're going to go to, you know, like to see a, you know, like a musical or whatever, you can go there. But otherwise, there's just no point. But going through Times Square, it's like it's like being on the Strip in Vegas, where there are. You know, everybody's on foot, but then there's all of these cars, and you're asking yourself, who are these people that have decided to drive through Times Square? Like, who woke up this morning and said, I'm going to get in my car, and I'm going to drive down 42nd? It just doesn't make any sense at all. The idea that you will somehow uh, leverage people into walking, though, by making it difficult to drive somewhere is just mistaken. That never happens. So what is the nature of the thing that they're putting downtown? This is a new European-style socialist. Cycling track. <laughs> it is the first of its kind. It'll convince people to leave their cars at home, says the mayor. But a cycling track? What does that mean, though? A cycling track? It is a wider bike lane. They have taken up one lane that cars used to drive in and given it strictly to people riding bikes. So, That's gonna ju- just to make things off. more miserable, because downtown is full of, don't take a left turn, don't take a right turn, buses only, cars here, buses there. It's going to convince people to avoid downtown all day. There are too many rules downtown. <laughs> downtown should be a no man's land of uh, of lawlessness. It should really, be the it wild should west. Be open city. Well, there it, are just too many rules. It does seem like downtown is. But you know what downtown is like? Being downtown is like playing that game of mouse trap when you were a kid, where it's like the bowling ball has to go down the ramp, which has to knock over the pitcher, which yeah. has to like you know start the buzzer, which has to hit the bell, which that to get anywhere downtown. Here's what always happens to me. Do you do this? If you're going downtown, do you forget whether it's 4th or 6th that you want to get off on? Because one of them stops. I think yeah. it's 4th that you get off onto, And you suddenly... 4th no, goes... 2nd thir- stops. Well, 4th does too, I think, where it's like you get to that McDonald's. Uh, I'm using the McDonald's as like the benchmark for everything downtown. But you get there and you're forced into a left turn. That's sixth. If you're headed, I think and near the like the wherever they have that gate that sometimes is, is open and closed. Yeah, it's like toward if, PSU. Yeah, it's oh, like yeah. if you're headed. Yeah. Uh, it's like if you're headed west. Yeah, and exactly, and it's like and you have and there's no option. You cannot it's continue like, to yeah, it's go like a forward. Crap shoot. It's like sometimes it's open, sometimes it's not. And so the thing about it, putting the bike lane down there, here's a, like a fiftieth reason why that's retarded because. Traffic downtown, because it's such a free-flowing and well-designed part of the city, never goes fast enough for cars to pose any threat to bicyclists. They don't need they don't need bike lanes at all downtown. And I'm not saying that. And I'm saying there's a guy who, at least at one point in my life, did cycle. But I. It, but downtown cars traffic can never go fast enough to cause any sort of menace to bicyclists. Because there's you know even 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 at the most free-flowing part of day, traffic is pretty congested down there, which means there's no problem bikes and cars sharing the same lanes. The idea that you need a separate bike lane is just, uh, is just absurd. Much as a whole freaking lane that is yeah. <laughs> removed. I mean, because all that will do is that will just increase the congestion everywhere else, that, everywhere around. And it makes it impossible for drivers to see to take a turn. Right. I mean, you don't go straight down Broadway. At some point, you have to take a turn onto a side street. Now they made that impossible. Yeah. Hey, by That's the ridiculous. way, somebody's asking if those toilets, if they're gone from Seattle, is it possible that we've just bought Seattle's broken hand-me-down second-hand toilets? Probably. No, we got the, them at a discount. These are Portland Originals. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Is that what we're telling the homeless? No, yeah. no, no. Here's, uh, here's something we bought just for you. Brand it's bright new. and shiny. 
Be sure to pee on it. Uh, it's the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Straight ahead, Don Taylor from Movies.com coming up at 8 o'clock. Dax Holt from TMZ. Stay there. We're live in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101. KUFO. KUFO. Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 and KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up at uh, 8 o'clock, Dax Holt from TMZ. Well, I was going to talk about the Jackson Macaulay Culkin thing, but now I guess that ship has already sailed because I guess Macaulay Culkin is denying uh, that he's the father of, what's his name? But he was saying no comment Blanket. at first. We mm-hmm. should have just denied it from the get-go. I guess. I don't know. I'm just going to choose to believe that that's true until I see evidence to the contrary. That's going to be a thing. I, I believe am, the sun. That's, I'm going to. Well, it's proven wrong. The sun really is. Well, here's the reason I believe the sun, because the sun is the inspiration for the New York Post, it is. which is the greatest American newspaper. So I, uh, you know, I'm just going to embrace that as, a, as an absolute undeniable fact uh, until we uh, do some sort of forced skin scraping on Macaulay Culkin. That's an unpleasant phrase. I really should have weighed that further before. Hey, speaking of unpleasant phrases, Sarah said during the break. And I'm quoting now, quote, hey, this is, by the way, a thing that only a woman could get away with saying, and probably only Sarah. She said, quote, do you know that little hottie jailbait boy that I like? End quote. <laughs> and Who is that? I have to say that I really don't. I really don't know what hottie jailbait boy you're referring to, Sarah. I was talking about... <clears throat> You never know who's climbing in her windows next. (laughs) (laughs) That's like a USA Today infographic. Who's climbing in Sarah Dillon's window? 13% elves. Uh, The the guy from Twilight, not the one that everyone's all obsessed about, not Robert Pattinson, but um, the one who plays the werewolf. Jacob. Jacob. You're on Team Jacob. Jacob the werewolf. All right. I'm not on Team any. I'm just saying, you know, that's what the shirts at Hot Topic tell me. So the... How can somebody... I'm just saying I'm really excited for... When he's of age, he's not jailbait, is he? He's he's like seventeen. He's a he's a good looking man. I could he see is that. A good looking he's boy. A, he's a fine Will looking. He be in the sequel, he's a fine looking oh, yes. young man. And, and be of age by the time it is released. <gasps> Ooh, let's check. Let's do an age watch. Okay, <laughs> let's do that now. That wouldn't at all be creepy. We have other things to interest Sarah Dillon. All right, uh, shall we go to the news desk? And yes. uh, in one moment, we'll uh, be uh, joined by Don Taylor from Movies. dot com. Uh, let's go to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. We should do a whole segment. I'm sorry, Tim, about like what underage boys is Sarah lusting after this week. Here's uh, Tim Riley. It's not boys. It's just the one. Just the one. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> From the KUFO News Center, downtown Portland. Good morning. It is 7.06. It's uh, going to be partly sunny today. High is near 80. My icon was blocked, so I couldn't read it. Leaf blowers be gone. Portland's city noise enforcement officers will be all ears as they enforce new rules banning these noisy contraptions. Any of them exceeding 65 decibels? Well, the users will be in trouble. There's even a city-approved list of leaf blowers now so, available. In, in other words, so this is a leaf blower, If it so if it exceeds 65, 65 decibels, decibels, and that's, well, I guess that must be as measured right next to the device, because I was going to yeah. say it is different if you're a block away or if you're 15 feet away. So how do they even determine that? If it like, do you have to? Somebody have to come. So if you're running a leaf blower and it's seventy-two decibels or whatever, and I complain or I think that it's too loud, the guy from the city has to come out with a meter or something. And then a they, decibelian measurement device. They, uh, 
They come out, they, they have you like fired up and they decide if it's too loud. So they're not it banning the meter. They're not banning leaf blower. Boy, no. is there a more hated device than the leaf blower? Oh, I hate no. them. Seriously. And what Luckily, is Luckily, most of it's done by the time I get home. And there's some, the thing about the leaf blower is it makes such a distinct noise. I mean, there's nothing you'll confuse with the sound of a leaf blower. That makes a sound that you can pick out of, a, of, of a, an aural lineup. There's just no getting. What about like a. Uh, what about some sort of a related but dis but uh, but different device like a similar but uh, device that uh, like a like a weed eater or something? No, that has a low pitched noise. I've had a couple of those. What about a lawnmower? That is loud, but so, we can't ban lawnmowers. Why not? Why can't you have a lot? Why can't you ban lawnmowers that are over sixty five decibels? There's no way for them not to make that much noise because they need a certain amount of power to accomplish their job. See, well, lawnmowers have a purpose, and leaf blowers are just like for lazy people. See, and I was thinking about that, too. You buy a goddamn rake. Yep. I mean, Jesus, for the love of God. I don't know. That'll make the Homeowners Association fees go up. Really? If you have to buy a rake? You have to have people raking. <laughs> don't you have people that come by and just pick up the rose petals in your front yard now? Only twice a year. I pick up my own. <laughs> okay. Let's uh, welcome... Yeah, he's still 17, Rick, just so you know. Well, I'm... It's like 15 things going on at once. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Movies.com, Don Taylor. Hello, Don Taylor. Good morning. Just joining us as we're in the midst of a whole passel of things here. So, just to recap, the guy from Twilight that Sarah's all hot for is still only 17. Tim Riley hires someone twice a year to pick up rose petals in his front yard. You won't be able to have a leaf blower that's over 65 decibels. Uh, and they're portable toilets for the homeless. And they're portable toilets for the homeless. There's really no reason for me to be here. You've covered oh, everything. There's a, there's a huge lane that traffic used to be able to drive on, on Broadway, which was the only place you could drive left downtown, that has been taken away and given to bicycles. So maybe they'll take away the other lane now used by cars and give it only to people in wheelchairs or those scouts. <laughs> I was I was thinking, <laughs> this is a rascal-only lane. Exactly. I, Why uh, not? I was actually we got uh, we got uh, some text messages during the break about this this business the downtown what street is it on is it Broadway 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 which is a confusing street anyway I mean look I've lived here for eleven years and sometimes I can't figure out where the hell something is if they say it's on Park and then I have to say to my like Sarah what street is Park downtown Park is the one with the park the park blocks but I mean what be like it, in other words between what two numeric streets is Park it's past Broadway sixth and eighth. I have you, no idea. See, no, that's what I'm saying. I have no idea either. I know there's an answer, and I know that everybody now will text it and tell me Are what it is. Sure? No, yes. Park Street. There is Park Avenue. Uh, is it Park, Park Avenue is or Park in, Street? Park is instead of one of the numeric streets, though. It's like it's right near Broadway. Isn't yeah. It? So, it, in other words, it's it's not between two numeric streets. It takes the oh, place of. Yeah I, it, yeah, I don't think there's a seventh or an eighth. Is there? I think it goes Park then Broadway. And so, are Park and Broadway seventh and eighth? <laughs> I think so. Hi, yes. we're. Uh, I, I believe they are. Hi, this is the news segment of the show where where we enlighten you with our complete and abject lack of knowledge. I try to get down there, but it's impossible if you have four wheels. So the whole thing is very confusing, and the absolute proof that this insanity of taking out part of Broadway and making it only for bicycles is not going to work in terms of getting people to leave their cars at home is the fact that like when I went to the uh, the the Nickelback thing on Friday, you know, there's that whole stretch between here and Vancouver where between I think three and six it's like that leftmost lane is carpool only, which is always empty. That's the whole thing. And you know and here's the insanity of the carpool lane. I was thinking about this because I had lots of time I had like five hours of sitting in traffic, and Donna sort of rolling her eyes, wondering when she when 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 her segment will actually begin. But you, I'm having a fine time. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I was sitting there, and it's like traffic is just inching along. I mean, it's just. I mean, I could have taken a, a good long nap at one point, and I'm sitting there and I'm pondering the carpool lane, 
And when you think about it, the carpool lane is based upon a logical fallacy. There is, there is. I guess, people would love to share their cars with strangers and listen to their personal life stories. Well, see, there's that. See, there's that part of it too that you can't wait to sit next to some smelly jackass from your office who wants to sit there and uh, you know and tell you about uh, you know how he really like he racked up a great uh, score at Yahoo Bejeweled last night or something. There's that part of it. But I think the carpool lane is based upon an almost mathematical inconsistency. They pitch the carpool lane as something you ought to take because because it will be more free-flowing and it will be faster. It will be more free-flowing and faster, they say, which by definition reveals the fact that they know no one will be taking but, it. But it, it only lasts for a limited area. I mean... The place that you want to go fast, it merges into the regular lane with everyone else. It, it is to trick you into thinking you're getting somewhere faster because you're doing something good. But that lane only lasts for a very short area. Yeah, but it lasts for a very short area unless you're sitting in one of the other lanes just looking at it longingly, wondering why you can't take it. And by definition, when they pitch the carpool lane as something that's going to get you there a lot faster, they're admitting that no one ever uses it. In other words, if everybody just followed what the state wants them to do, the carpool lane's effectiveness would have essentially been negated. I mean, the whole thing is just based upon this Aristotelian confluence of insanity. There's not too many big words for 7-12 in the morning. Which demographic are you relating to there? I'm just making the point. Would you like to hear that women are staying in mini skirts longer? Yes, I would, Tim. All right. Well, I have that story. All right. Hi, Don. How are you doing? I'm fine. (laughs) Okay. The one thing I've never... I'll say this really quick. I think it's time for a pledge break. Um, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the whole urban planning thing that creates stuff like the renovation in the Pearl which is that if you can cram as many human beings into a small area as possible without allowing them any options for cars, that this is somehow a boon to the city. Right. You know what else I noticed? You can pay $3 million to have this penthouse and see this slow train covered with graffiti and uh, nasty words go by your house at a very slow speed and toot its horn. Well, After and paying I'm, $3 million. And I can only assume never leave your house or ever have guests. Because it's like it, you live in the Pearl and you want to go downstairs and walk around the Pearl and eat in the restaurants in the Pearl and shop at the Pearl. And that's all very excellent for you. But what if you want actually to have people come and visit you at your home? No, what you if can't. you want to go someplace no. outside of the Pearl? It's kind of, You're like trapped in this, this $3 million rat maze. <laughs> I'm just going to say, it's like some sort of an upwardly mobile habit trail. Yeah. Is that what the welcome sign says? A $3 million rat maze. A habit trail for yuppies. <laughs> If you lived here, you'd be drunk and miserable by now. All right, straight ahead, we'll talk to Don Taylor about DVD releases, and Tim Riley will share with everyone some truly horrible sound bites. Straight ahead, that uh, will be uh, coming your way. You don't want to miss that, I swear to God. It sounds like a thing you might want to actively avoid, but I assure you that's not the case. The Rick Emerson Show continues next from Portland. Stay right there. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting in color. Huh? Yeah, that's right. Who's rigged now, Mr. Riggy Man? The Rick Anderson Show returns. It's just a factor where they yank things out of your body. That's what I was thinking. Like body parts. I'm not even going to give any context to that, because I, context, I think it's more entertaining that way. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, it is Rock 101 KUFO, 503-228-4101. Thank you for joining us. We're here with Don Taylor from Movies.com. Uh, in just a moment, Jim Riley will um, 
Speaking of things without context, Tim will play some awkward sound bites that inexplicably he and I are the only the only two people in the studio who have actually heard them, and he and I are the two to who they have the least relevance. But um, I we'll mean, they, they were dumbfounding uh, playing them at three o'clock this morning. We'll get to those in, uh, in just a moment. Don Taylor, what is uh, what is up in the world of DVD releases this week? Uh, well, we do have uh, a new release of a movie called State of Play, uh, starring Russell Crowe and Ben Affleck and Rachel McAdams. Uh, it was directed by Kevin McDonald, who directed Last King of Scotland, which was that's a great film, an, a great film. Um, and this was also written by Tony Gilroy, who wrote the Bourne movies and uh, Multiplicity. And it's kind of an old uh, 70s style political conspiracy. Wait a minute, Multiplicity, thriller. the Michael Keaton film? I'm sorry, Duplicity. I wrote down Multiplicity. Wow. I was, like, I was just going to say. I loved Multiplicity. The man behind Multiplicity, <laughs> starring Michael Keaton. Yeah, this that, is what happens when I, I make notes at 5.30 in the morning. It's like, yeah, dude, wrote Multiplicity. Whatever happened to Michael Keaton? What is he doing right now? What is the last movie Michael Keaton made? I, Anyone? Didn't he make that? Um, um, it was about baseball. Wasn't, wasn't that his game... 13, game 12, you don't know. something like that. I you're bluffing right now. You're, you're completely bluffing your way through this. power tools on QVC. The, uh, did you, Jesus, did you see that spot? Uh, what's his name? Kid from Kid and Play. is uh, He's like working at a men's warehouse in Los Angeles now. And there's a, there's a truly, you'll see it probably by the end of the day, it'll be forwarded to you. There's a truly uh, awkward television commercial going around where he, it's like clearly filmed on someone's sort of camcorder. And he's like, you may be asking yourself, why is kid from Kid and Play trying to sell me a pair of pants? Well, I'll tell you. And then it's somebody obviously, you know, he needed a gig and somebody hired him to just stand in, you know, inside the store and be sort of conspicuously there uh, trying to uh, sort of pawn clothing off on the people. Was kid the one of the two who had the giant column of hair? Hair yes. That, yes, he had yes, the tower that hair. Exactly. <laughs> that, that was him. Um, Michael Keaton made a movie called Live from Baghdad, but that was like six or seven years ago. It was him. It was a made-for-HBO movie, which is actually really good. It was uh, him and Helena Bonham Carter. That is an amazing... Yeah, you burned that for me. That's a, yeah, great, it's a great film. That really is. It looks like he's doing a lot of voice work. He's going to be in Toy Story 3, 2010. Uh, he was in Cars. You know what else he was in? Uh, fully loaded. He was in that movie with uh, Michael Keaton was oh, in that movie God. with Gina Davis, where they played like basically James Carville and Mary Madeline. They were dueling political consultants. And that horror movie, I saw it in the theater actually. White Noise. And that's and that. that's right. You he was the dad in Herbie Fully Loaded. That was so sad. Well, have you noticed this too? Here's a generational thing. You can see the shift and the gap between different age groups based upon who you perceive to be the leading character in a film or the leading actress. That movie that just came out, uh, I guess it was last weekend or two weekends ago, Bandtacular or whatever. It's like some girl movie about some teenage chicks that form a band. And Slam. To me, Band Slam. And I called it the new I've Lisa. I've never even heard of that. Well, it's because, uh, well, you're, see, you're in a weird, you're in a weird sort of middle group there, age wise. But I was calling it the new Lisa Kudrow film <laughs> because I'm ancient. I'm like, if you're going to see that new Lisa Kudrow film, and of course, Lisa Kudrow, I guess she plays like the mom or whatever. And I, I guess the, the presumable star is, in fact, so and so from some Disney crap. So, all right. Well, in any event. <laughs> which, which ought to be on the posters, frankly. So. Anywho, there's some Michael Keaton thing that's uh, or this no, has nothing, nothing to Michael do with Michael Keaton. <laughs> oh, at all. The guy who was the guy who was behind the movie that I thought was Multiplicity just now. It couldn't be further removed from. My he's putting out a Russell Crowe film. No one cares anymore. No one cares. I don't care anymore. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, go to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. We all care. Rush out and write that new Michael Keaton joint, won't you? (laughs) 
Jesus. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. It's 728. It's going to be mostly sunny today. Highs near 80. A 30-year-old female teacher is charged with sexually abusing two teenage boys in eastern Oregon. Wendy Cannon taught junior high math and business. Now she's charged with engaging in monkey business with a 15- and 17-year-old. Her bail set at some $40,000. 17-year-old, Sarah. I haven't touched anybody. You know, that's legal in Sarah Dillon's world. (laughs) This is eastern Oregon. If he looks like a hot werewolf Where chances are many. (laughs) Now we go to do this, uh, well, it may prove to be embarrassing. On Sunday's episode of Courtney and Clory Take Miami, Courtney, who's Courtney Kardashian, uh, talks about using two tampons by mistake. What? By the way, that night. But some days I sit and wish I, I was a up, kid again. We had to stop at Marymount. I threw up in Marymount in the parking lot. Because that was like on our way home. and then, In the school. And when I got home, I had That's two fair. tampons in. <gasps> oh, no, when I woke up in the morning. That's what it happened. Brittany, this is disgusting. First of all, in the morning, don't share Bible. these stories. Bible. That in the morning. Happen. She told me. I know. In but the it's morning, not I forgot because I was drunk go? and I put two in on accident. They go side by side. Courtney, Honestly, these stories are really disgusting, sick. and I have a bad headache, so please, if you don't shut up, I'm going to throw up on you. <laughs> is this on TV? Yeah, really. This is a TV show Sweet that, baby Jesus. Yeah. that people actually edit and, and broadcast. Well, this is, this is the best of the Canadians. And that is well, such that's... a lie, because you can't stick two tampons in side by side unless you've been a busy girl. Well, Unless they, you're cavernous. Yeah, seriously. You can't cavernous. stick it. I'm cavernous Kardashian. Your body doesn't nice work like you. that. I mean, Don, honestly, you can't no. squeeze like another tampon in between no. like, one tampon like the area. No. Well, I guess it makes some good television in some sense. So circles. this we should so, back up for, for just a second here. So we were... See, I think in a way oh, it was... It was God. I don't want to know that. I think in a way... Well, I was thinking about that too. So we, we spoke about this. Tim and I had a discussion earlier in the morning. Tim and I had a discussion earlier uh, when we were talking about uh, this soundbite. And when you said you hadn't heard it, that's we were like, don't go looking for it. Don't go find it because we wanted to play it. And we waited at dawn. We waited for you to be Uh, here. Oh, thank you. Um, Now, I think in retrospect, it was fate that Khloe Kardashian stood us up on Friday. We were supposed to talk to Khloe Kardashian Last week, and she never showed. Apparently, she blew off everybody. She, her publicist was like, "We can't." In fact, her publicist was they, they couldn't too. find her publicist either. The booker was like, "We can't find her. We can't find the publicist." She's toxic shock syndrome because she can't figure out how to use a tampon correctly. <laughs> she's she's uh, she's busy having a. Uh, never mind. Anyway, um, soaking them in vodka. So the. <laughs> Make mine a double. Um, the uh, it, so we ended up having Sarah sort of pretend to be Khloe Kardashian, but I think it was fate because if she ever uh, gets on the show now, you'll all have a pleasing uh, the mental image. So I don't want to think about that part of her body at all. Anyway, I, she said that she was so drunk that she put in two tampons. I just like the fact that you used the phrase. Uh, she must be cavernous. Are they? All, they are aware that there's someone with a camera filming them when and they normal say these bodies. Things, right? You can't do that. All right. Unless you like, and plus, like, if you're putting one on top of the other, I mean, that's like going uh, up into your rib cage. Let's let's play the soundbite one more time, Tim, so people understand what we're speaking of. So this is from uh, uh, Chloe and Courtney Take Miami. Okay, this is the same one. Looks like the '90s. Nope. And I don't know what that was. One more time. (laughs) Some days I sit and wish I I was a kid again. We had to stop at Marymount. I threw up in Marymount in the parking lot. 
because that was like on our way home. And then, in the school. And when I got home, I had That's two fair. tampons in. <gasps> oh, no, when I woke up in the morning. That's what it happened. Brittany, this is disgusting. Don't, don't I'm having trouble seeing Bible. how in the morning she told me. I know. In the morning, I forgot because I was drunk and I put two in on accident. They go side by side. Courtney, Honestly, these stories are really disgusting, sick. and I have a bad headache, so please, if you don't shut up, I'm going to throw up on you. And by the way, when, Those are classy bitches When, right when Kim really Kardashian has decided that you are, in fact, vile and uh, repellent, you really have crossed any Bruce Jenner lines. must be so proud. Yeah, it's, I mean... Wow. It really, when I heard that this morning, I mean, even as a guy, because there's no equivalent to that. Was she talking about as, throwing you, up because she's all, like, knocked up? Um, uh, well, but... Okay, but if she was, yeah, then she, she was knocked up. The, you wouldn't be using tampons. I think. I think one interrupts the other. I don't as know. I've, I understand never, it. I've never had the babies, but I think that sometimes you do still have your period when you're knocked up. Yeah, yeah I, I, just, I don't know. But when I thought this morning, even as I, except there's no guy equivalent to that. There's no, uh, and and then, uh, and I thought it was, uh, I thought it was one prophylactic, but in fact, <laughs> there were dual prophylactics. There's no. Even me, though, I this morning and I kind of pulled back from the computer a little bit, and then I just clicked off, and I thought, you know, I'm not going to listen to it. Let's do, uh, Jim, do you have the other one? Yes, I do. So this is, um, I'll ask Don and Sarah, do you guys want to hear the second soundbite from Chloe and Courtney to yes. Miami? <laughs> well, sure. I, I, I'm in this far. All right. So this is, uh, I don't know whether this one is better or worse. I honestly don't. I Should I offer a, a description of what's No, I... Okay. I, I as, let it stand alone on its own merit? As, uh, as Ricky Roma would say, I just I just don't know anymore. So uh, we'll go ahead and just play this without, uh, without context. All right, here it is. First time I ever went to a club... I went to the Mamba room. Oh, my God. Moomba. Moomba. And I didn't go with Court, but I saw Court there. I must have been 15. Yeah. Courtney was wearing white jeans, and she started a period. And it got all, all over, over them. And I had to cover No, but she didn't go Okay, home. you guys, these stories are great. I remember them. I remember all the stories, but you're giving me a headache. I stayed all night. You guys, I really have a headache. Reminisce in the other room. Sick. Can you right, imagine so Larry, they, Larry King interviewing her and asking this question? I was actually just asking, and there are men out there going, I cannot wait to marry Kim Kardashian. This will be the greatest moment of my life. Could they need more attention? <sighs> yeah. So, Holy crap. Oh, my God. I'm just... Uh, I don't know. They haven't defecated in the floor yet. <laughs> yet. Not that you know of. <laughs> and on next episode, Do you remember that time we strangled a homeless guy and buried him in a shallow ditch outside of town? Oh, it was so awkward. Anyway, so there you go, Sarah. So just to, you know, I know that you have your moments where you and your friends go out and maybe somebody has a few too many and somebody takes a slightly embarrassing photograph. I just wanted you to know that the bar is set so unbelievably high for embarrassment at this point that really just on in your darkest moments on your on, on you know, on your uh, in your most uh, your most out of control evening. No, nobody, you know, even approaches this level of awful. So. Wow! You know there there are celebrities, and I use that term loosely. That you look at and you think, "Wow, they're kind of a huge waste of flesh." <laughs> but the Kardashians take that even further to where they're sort of black holes of celebrity, where they're actually sucking value out of the world <laughs> into their own useless vacuum. It's like it's the uh, they're like the white dwarf of stardom. They've reduced everything to a singularity. Ah, uh, all right. Well, there you go. Don Taylor, I'm glad yeah. you were here to share these special moments with us. Uh, there is not enough coffee in the world.
for me to be listening to this at 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> Final question. Side by side, is that even possible or no, is it like a top and bottom kind it of a thing? It might be possible. I'm just saying. Unless she on... got mixed up like where she should be putting those. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think the too. debate may continue into another segment. <laughs> I, I still I still stand by the must be cavernous uh, remark. Uh, you can read her at uh, movies.com and cinematical.com. She's Don Taylor, one of our very favorite people. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Coming up at 8 o'clock, Dax Holt from TMZ. And uh, at some point this morning, a pair of tickets for you to see Blink 182. You stay right there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. You can also text if you like at 52051. It's not that funny, Tim. It is amusing. We were thinking of a uh, a body limerick that we heard last week. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Yes, it's the happiest show on earth. Good morning, everyone, from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. 747, now it's going to be partly sunny today. High's about 80. Well, somebody's done it again. A man gets shocked big time while still in copper wire. He was uh, trying to steal this from a high-voltage box. He didn't know that it's plugged into other electricity. Marty Lupoli was found with extensive burns at 1430 Tandem Avenue in Salem. Evidence at the scene included, well, Mr. Lupoli was trying to steal copper wire and was shocked by electricity. As a matter of fact, it was 17,500 volts of electricity. He has uh, life-threatening injuries, as one might uh, think, after grabbing a high-voltage wire. He wasn't aware that high-voltage wiring. What did he could think shock I, you? What was it? What did he think high-voltage meant? I don't know. He probably thought it was like one of those kits you buy at Radio Shack to build uh, electrical devices. Are there big things on there that show like a little cartoon figure going ah and being skull like, and crossbones? <laughs> Seriously, don't they have... It's, it, this must be something for Halloween. Like, like stick figure drawings where it shows the stick figure touching the electricity and then it's arms being blown off. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, by the way, when you told that story just now, I hear that it's not Schoolhouse Rock, but whatever those things they used to play on Saturday morning, it was like the voice of Scatman Crothers going, Don't mess around with electricity. That's what I'm hearing in my head. Just as, a, as an adjunct to that, I'll read this. This is from Chicago. A Joliet woman suffered second-degree burns Tuesday night after she used a... Cigarette lighter to help her see how much gas was in a can she had been filling. <laughs> the the incident happened at a 7-Eleven gas station. The 27-year-old woman, quote, was filling up a gas can, which was sitting in the passenger seat of the car. She then used a lighter to observe how full the can was, end quote, police said. The flame ignited the gas and the can exploded, setting the car's interior aflame. Apparently afraid that the fire would spread to the gas pump, the woman then began to push the burning car. The car was about... <laughs> so I'm picturing a fiery woman pushing a fiery car through the lot. Um, the uh, car was about five feet from the gas pumps and engulfed in flames when firefighters arrived. Well, there you go. All right, here's Tim Riley. Then there's a Northern Philadelphia woman found guilty of participating in a mother and daughter prostitution operation. 
Uh, this woman is Tracy Young. She's 39. She and her 22-year-old daughter, Tammy Smith, allegedly advertised acts of prostitution on the popular online classifieds called Craigslist. Uh, they offer themselves as a mother and daughter tag team. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. I so they invited a police officer <laughs> into their home where they allegedly discussed services and agreed on the price tag of $200 to have sex both with a woman and daughter at the same time. $200? $200. She said, quote, it's, the messed up, it's a messed up world and we just have to do what we have to do to get by. Was this, let's, before we wrap this up, let's back up for a second. Two, they agreed on the price of $200 to what? To have sex with both the woman and the daughter at the same time. Wow. Okay. She's, I have a lesbian uh, friend who slept with a, uh, a daughter and a mother. Separately. In, in, the, in the same time period? I slept with the daughter and then like a month, and then broke up with the daughter and then a month later slept with the mother. Really? Oh, at least she waited a while. Well, that's less. Well, no, actually, it was like a couple weeks. That's 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 less compelling, but still interesting. Uh, do I know this person? No, I don't think you've ever met her. All right. Um, she's a bit. She's not related to the bondage lady, is she? Do I know either the mother or the daughter? No, but they're both really cute. I'll show you pictures. Really? I'll you, yeah, I'll show you what they look like. Awesome. All right. Straight ahead, we have Dax Holt from TMZ. Then more news from Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. It is the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. Sometime before the end of today's show, we're going to be giving away a pair of passes to Blink-182. Be listening for that. Rick Emerson show continues next live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. It's Tuesday morning. This is the Rick Emerson show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. You can also text if you like it. 520-5151. So we get things like this, for example. We were talking about how on Broadway downtown, which is already complicated enough, because as Tim noted, is any number of places where you think it's smooth sailing. The thing about about downtown is I think they're trying to keep you on your toes by never having more than 100 yards of unobstructed road before you're suddenly shunted off into the left or the right or things just end. And it's designed to cause accidents because you have to look up every two feet to find out what my next instruction is. Yeah, because occasionally it'll just say like suddenly, you know, left lane only, bus, right lane, bicycle, car must go straight ahead, then turn around and do a U-turn. And, and, and you're just, like, you get this sort of... You get this sort of weird kind of uh, almost uh, like shell-shocked vibe going on where you're just like, I just, I don't know what I'm getting to, I guess I'll just leave. And so as a result, I just try to avoid uh, downtown whenever possible. It's like, skaters here, pogo sticks in this direction. I got stuck on 2nd Avenue yesterday for like 10 minutes just oh, between, dude. just between like the Hawthorne Bridge and the Morrison Bridge because they're doing so much construction. It's construction oh, there right now. So annoying. And I'm unclear about what they were even doing on 2nd because I thought they were done with the Max Line stuff. I thought they were finished with that. I yeah. have no idea. What I saw them, uh, several empty Max trains going by, so I know they're operating. And so they're so they're doing something on second for reasons that sort of elude me. Anyway, which because the Morrison Bridge on ramp is already closed, and then we try to get onto the Morrison like oh, don't even get me started that on that. It detours you like four blocks south. It's so frustrating. Final question: We'll get Dax hold in like ten seconds. Do you ever do this? If you're driving down Front slash NATO and you're thinking you're going to take the Morrison Street uh, on ramp, and then you find out you can't because it's closed. 
Do you ever do this? You drive by that, and then you think, well, this is it. I've missed every on-ramp to every bridge. I will never again find a bridge on-ramp. I always forget that there's that one that'll take you toward the you know, the Rose Garden. I just feel like I'm going to be on uh, in front just forever and ever, and I'm just going to end up uh, you know, like in, in the industrial district. It feels like you're never going to get off that road. Let's. Uh, I don't have my music bed here. This is totally my fault. And... Yeah, there we go. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from TMZ.com, our good friend Dax Holt joining us on this Tuesday morning. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good. How about you? I am. Uh, I'm doing fantastically. Is everybody uh, everybody staying uh, safe in Los Angeles? Everybody uh, being able to avoid uh, this whole wildfire thing that's threatening to uh, kind of devour the whole place down there? Everybody good? It is so crazy when, like, one starts up and then next thing you know there's five. And it's very smoky out here, but uh, I think everyone's homes here at the office are pretty safe right now. uh, There was this photo on Yahoo News this morning, I think. uh, They were just, uh, you know, like an Associated Press photo or whatever. They showed that shot of downtown L.A., but it was just with this huge, almost like a mushroom cloud of smoke behind the city. And it's just astounding. We heard yesterday that uh, that the house they used for the TV show Entourage was either threatened by fire or was on fire or they thought it was going burned down did you did you happen to hear anything anything about that i believe it caught on fire ah so it's just i mean yeah this uh, this kind of happens every year but this year seems to be a little bit a special slice of hell down there so i hope everybody uh everybody uh remains safe um what is going on with the the well there's two things two big stories today first of all the dj am thing they're saying now is what like it's a it's a it's an accidental overdose. It's certainly not a suicide anyway. Well, that's what they're calling. They're saying it's looking like an accidental overdose. Obviously, we have to wait for toxicology results, which will take a couple of weeks to get back to confirm that. But they're saying definitely not suicide. You know, uh, they had found a crack pipe in his house. They had found a little bag of crack in his lap at the time. So it's looking like all signs are pointing towards accidental overdose, which is sad because he was like the poster child for recovering addicts. He was sober for at least like around 11 years. He was doing shows with MTV trying to help addicts get off of their drugs and rehabilitate themselves and and he just was that person that was like a guiding light for a lot of these people and so for him to slip back and possibly die because of an addiction it's just sad so this show that he had done where I guess um, this was a thing it was sort of like a celebrity rehab style thing and I, and I actually have to kind of plead a little bit of ignorance on this has the show already aired or was it just no. in production no, they were in production. I'm hoping that they do air the show for the, the the sole purpose of showing people this is where addiction will lead you, you know, and maybe that'll help. Whereas the VH1 reality shows with Ryan Jenkins, and they're obviously not going to show those because it's such a negative light. Right. But with this, I'm going, I say they still show them. Even though he's gone, I think maybe it'll help some people. And you, uh, you actually did touch on something that uh, we were talking about last week, which is that I think Ryan Jenkins, we heard that he had actually filmed a whole separate VH1 show, and there was a rumor actually that he had that he had competed in some VH1 reality show and actually was the winner of that show, and that it was yeah, going to be on the shelf somewhere. Yeah, it was I Love Money three. They had gone down to Mexico, filmed the whole thing. VH1 was like produ- getting doing all the post production stuff on it, and they have completely scrapped the whole thing. They're going, mm. nope, we are absolutely not airing this. He was the one that came back and started bragging to all his friends that he had won the two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow. Uh, one final question on the DJ AM thing. You know, you, you pointed out that he was clean for a long time. Do we know if if, if maybe that kicked up again after this plane crash he was in uh, last year? Because you know, getting burned all over that'll certainly trigger your uh, your prescription drug usage. 
Well, that's the thing. Doctors were having to give him drugs to calm his nerves when he'd go on flights because he was traveling all around the country all the time because of his job. But he, it really, really scared him to get on plane flights now, so they give him anti-anxiety drugs to calm him down. Wow. So getting him back on prescription, it's, it's not good for an addict, but what do you do with someone that has uh, you know, extreme right. fears of flying? Right, now? right. Uh. Uh, speaking of people who ought to be uh, calmed down a little bit, so Chris Chris Brown, I saw that he's actually he's got to do six months of it's not just six months of community service; it's like hard labor they sentenced that guy to, right? Oh yeah, no, they the judge was like made it very specific. She's like, I don't want you handing out brochures at a community center. I want you out there washing cars, getting rid of graffiti, whatever it is, painting uh, overpasses. She wants to make sure that he, this is not an easy task for him. And he just landed last night back in Virginia, so he'll start that up soon. What's the general reception for that guy when he goes out anywhere now? If he goes, if he's out, you know, at a club or he's out on the town, or if he just, I mean, do you know when he gets recognized, are people hostile or indifferent or? What is it? What's the general reaction to him? Sadly enough, the women love him. Well, wow. I don't understand it at all. I don't get it. You know, he he pled guilty to beating the crap out of Rihanna and girls still flocking. As he was walking out of court, women are saying, I love you, Chris, I love you. When he goes to clubs, there's girls all around him. Uh, this is not hurting his reputation. I don't get it. It's a world gone mad, Dax. It really is. You and I were the last sane men on this, uh, on this insane planet. All right. <laughs> on that note, my friend, have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you soon. You too, dude. There you go. Dax Holt, ladies and gentlemen. You can see him on TMZ TV tonight, 1130 on Fox 12. When we come back, Tim Riley will have news on what stories? Well, I'll tell you first. Europeans are hoarding light bulbs because they're taking away the good ones. We are next. Start hoarding light bulbs now. And a man injures himself breaking into jail in Florida. (laughs) And Apple is upgrading brand new iPods. Excellent. Straight ahead, we have news from Tim Riley. And at this juncture, ladies and gentlemen, if you are caller 10 at 503-228-4101, you're going to win a copy of Rescue Me Season 5, Volume 1 on DVD, available today wherever fine DVDs are sold from Sony Pictures Television. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. I can take or leave him. It's okay. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. My foot's tangled in my headphone cord. Hold on. For the You're love of God! <laughs> God Almighty. All right. Okay? Okay, I'm fine. I pass it. Okay, I'm over it. Everything's fine. Thank you. Hey, uh, don't forget, Blink-182 is coming to town. Tickets are on sale, and there's a special KUFO ticket deal that is coming uh, this week. So today is Tuesday, so this is tomorrow night. This is Wednesday night uh, into Thursday morning. Tomorrow night, Wednesday night at midnight, you go online, you buy a regular price ticket, and you're going to get the second one for just $1.82. That is so awesome. And it's only for 182 minutes, too, so that's like uh, about three hours. So it ends at 3.03 a.m. So that is tomorrow night, Wednesday night at midnight. Go online, you buy yourself one regular price Blink-182 ticket. You're going to get the second one for a dollar and 82 cents. The offer starts at midnight tomorrow night. Lasts for just 182 minutes. It ends at, at 3.03. So you basically got between midnight and 3.03 a.m. to do that. And then the show, of course, is coming up uh, September 9th, uh, which is awesome. And I will uh, I will be there. Cause I've never, have you seen those guys? I've never seen Blink-182 and I've See, been a fan a, for years. That surprises me. See, it seems like that's... Oh, that's, that is such a lie. No, I won tickets at a radio station when I was in 11th grade to go see them at the Gorge. I totally forgot. Where, uh, who were they? Was that like for... It was uh, Warp Tour or something, or what? No, would that no, they been? were playing a show. I totally forgot. I I did win tickets to it. Excellent. Yeah, but I saw them. It was amazing. 
So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna be there, and then this is Wednesday night at midnight. Uh, you have your chance to buy tickets. So yeah, we will. Uh, we but will Rick, definitely be. What in about attendance. right now? Speaking of winning tickets for radio station, Sarah, uh, if you are caller ten right now, you can pick up a pair of those a pair of tickets to see Blink One Eighty Two, which is September 9th at five zero three two two eight four one zero one five zero three two two eight four one zero one. So that would have been what like ninety. 96, 97, yeah. something like that. It was right after Enema the State came out. I was a huge fan of theirs. And then I drove to Seattle and went to the radio station that I won the tickets at. And I was so excited. I'm like, I'm at a radio station. And then went and then we drove to the Gorge and had the greatest time. <laughs> it's, well, they're one of those bands that I've actually missed twice. Uh, the, twice they've come through town and I haven't been able to go uh, either time. So uh, I'm definitely going to see them this time. All right. At the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland, 822. It's going to be partly sunny today. High temperatures near 80. Mysterious bloody room. Deputies in the Washington County Sheriff's Department says they found the cause of that mysterious bloody motel room. This is at the Phoenix Inn Suites. A chambermaid opens up the door at 2 o'clock yesterday, finds the room covered with blood. This motel at Northwest Cornell Road near Oaks Hill, it was empty. Nobody there. They investigated. They found a person nearby who tried to commit suicide but failed. Oh, are you kidding me? No. So they, I mean, I guess you wouldn't be. That's not the sort of thing about which you would joke. Um, I mean, you might actually. People in general probably <laughs> wouldn't. But let me understand this. So they found a room covered in blood. The maid? Yes. Mm-hmm. Did you say a chambermaid? Yes. What is a chambermaid as opposed she to an actual chambered. maid? I don't know. I didn't write the story. The hotel has chambers? Yes. Who wrote the story? I mean, was it like Associated Press writing or something? No, we don't take things from Associated Press. Oh, that's right. No, no, that would be... It's on the... Have you seen that they do that honor snack thing with the Associated Press? It's like, you are allowed to print one copy of this. No more than one. If you print even two copies of this, you must send us 15 cents. Mm. Chambermaid. So she goes into the room. The room is covered in blood. They can't figure out why. Right. There's nobody there. And then they figure out... So they call the police, the police investigate, and finally they find somebody nearby uh, the Phoenix in Suites. Nearby is interesting because it implies that he's just sitting at the, like, waiting for the bus or something with, like, blood pouring out of him. I know. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just, is this the number 12? No, no, the 8? All right, I'll wait for the 12. No, 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 I'll just sit here and bleed. Right. Well, there are longer waits now for the buses. That's very strange. All right. So that's what happened. And all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Meanwhile, the swine flu is back. Hooray! And uh, it's going to affect everyone sooner or later. And kids are going to get it the most, that according to the government. So the government has uh, found a spokesman to warn the kids about the dangers of the swine flu. Wait, hold on. It's time to practice staying healthy on Sesame Street. That's right. Now, in order to stay healthy, always <laughs> wash your hands. Come on, practice washing your hands with Elmo. Wash, 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 wash. Keep washing, and you'll stay happy, happy and, and healthy, healthy on, on Sesame, Sesame Street. Street. Okay, here's the thing. I was about to try to do like a 20 questions thing of who the spokesperson, but, it was, but I was immediately, but I was just going to guess Elmo. So You are correct. Kind of freaky, actually. Maybe we should play some of these here. By the way, that was just Elmo and, and Gordon. And I, could, Gordon. Uh, yes. I could tell that that was Gordon. Well, we need to warn the children. Yes. So, so kids are a special. I thought it was old people and sick people. Well, I oh, guess just kids. But I guess young people fall into that category. Well, this is well. the kids' version of it. <laughs> it's, the, it's, the, uh, it's, it's, not, it's the piglet flu. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Jack and Nicholson's The Shining co-star Shelley Duval has been exposed as an alien-obsessed crazy lady. She's also starred with Robin Williams in the very popular Popeye movie. She has friends and neighbors concern at her hometown in Blano, Texas. 
Uh, the Blainolians are worried because she spends her nights, night after night, patrolling her backyard, convinced her home is a portal for aliens. I don't understand anything that's going on. Shelly is a tragic soul. We all feel terrible for her and wish somebody could step in and do something. Shelly she Duvall? She desperately needs help. Yeah. These are the uh, her, her neighbors in Blano, Texas. Who knew that Shelly Duvall was actually still alive and She's doing 60. anything? She's 60. Hasn't acted since 2002. I don't know what she was in then. In that famous Popeye movie? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. The, uh, yeah, no you, the, the Popeye movie is for that. I you've mean. seen the Popeye movie, haven't you? Nobody have has not. seen the Popeye movie. Oh, it's awful. It's terrible. It's one of the worst things ever made. Uh, it's a Robert Altman film, of all things. Robert Altman, who made, you know, he made the um, uh, the last picture show, and he made the and he made Nashville and Shortcuts, and he made Pret-a-Porter and uh, whatever, and then, he, and then he made Popeye. The only good thing about Popeye was, uh, was that song that then Paul Thomas Anderson lifted out to put in the Punch Drunk Love. So she played olive oil in the Popeye movie, uh, and Robin Williams himself. And this was, by the way, this was when the worm really turned for Robin Williams, who had actually made some decent films up to that point, because he made Moscow on the Hudson, especially, which is one of my favorite Robin Williams films. But is, but he's just completely devo- uh, diluted down his, his oeuvre with things like that. But it all began with that movie, because that's when Robin Williams decided, or his agent decided, you got to start making family-friendly movies, because that's where the money is. So Shelley Duvall is in that. She's in uh, The Shining. That's and I'm trying to remember, remember what else she's in. I think she's in that "If These Walls Could Talk" thing that was on Showtime a couple years ago. That made for uh, that made for Showtime movie. But that's it. So she thinks her backyard is filled with what aliens? Yeah, and she's wandering around a Blano, Texas, looking disheveled, strange, and totally crazy. She mutters to herself and talks about aliens living in her body. The fellow who runs a local hardware store says one time she came in and asked for dirt and boards to block up a hole in her backyard. Because she said it's a portal to another dimension. Who knew it'd be in Texas? And uh, there are some aliens coming in from the hole in the ground in Blano. I like the idea that the aliens have decided that Shelley Duvall's backyard is the one place no one will ever, ever look, though. No one will ever come to check that. Awesome. A new report shows that women are wearing miniskirts longer in life. Just 20 years ago, few women would dare to wear a miniskirt after the age of 33. Now they're wearing them into their mid-40s and some into their early 50s who rightly regard a miniskirt as an essential part of their everyday wardrobe. What is a miniskirt? Is that above the knee? Yes. Is that what the, that's the, the, Even the, further. The line of yeah. demarcation is mm-hmm. the above the knee line? Yes. All right. uh, then we have uh, light bulb hoarding going on. It's happening in Europe. Germans, who sometimes see themselves as guardians of the environment. We saw that after World War II. <laughs> really? No, they're a... <laughs> really, when it comes to preserving things and keeping You're sections really of the world good. safe, you can't. You really can't find they're, a better example than the Germans. They're good at leveling things and starting again, I suppose. <laughs> they're hoarding energy, guzzling light bulbs. The old-fashioned ones that Edison invented? Well, the European Union is banning those light bulbs... Uh, and they report sales of these bulbs has soared about 35% of the first half of this year. This ahead of a ban that starts today. This ban is in effect today in Europe. You may no longer have those old-fashioned light bulbs anymore. So it's coming here soon. Socialism starts there and creeps this way. The creeping red menace, Tim. Uh, so, yeah, now they have the, the squiggly kind that you can't see out of. So a new dark age is coming. So let's do so this track here. A, uh, they're going to be taking our light bulbs away in 2012. We should totally have a light First, bulb. First, they took our light bulbs party. away. Absolutely. Well, no, we should uh, we should have like some sort of a hoardathon or a hoard. Uh, or I smell the next listener party. Or something Stop or other. the bus with light bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> Susan Reynolds, I think we have a bus around and children. Um, So there's a bit light bulbs. And then in Washington, 
In Spokane County, they've already taken phosphorus out of the dishwasher detergent. We heard this like... Well, that's you... not a very clean place to begin with. No, it's not, but they're not going to get it cleaner. They don't have any soap, Tim. Uh, and so it's people true. are having to go to Idaho, which nobody wants to do anyway, to buy soap because they, if you take phosphorus out of dishwasher detergent, it doesn't clean anything. I'm looking for Idaho clean. They're going to be... There's no clean like Idaho clean. This isn't Boise clean. Get back in there. Uh, and then, the and then of course, you know, we've already talked about the cold medicine. Boy, can I just tell you... When I was in New York, I was having like a little bit of a head cold going on, and I walked into like a, I guess they don't have Walgreens there, but it's a, what is it, the Dwayne Reed? Yeah, yeah, which is, you know, it's, yeah, it's like a, like a, it's like a Rite Aid or something. I walked in and I said, uh, hey, uh, can I get some Sudafed? And the woman said, sure enough. And she just, because I didn't know where it was, she just handed me a box of Sudafed and I looked and sure enough, it had pseudoephedrine in it. Paid like $4 for it, took it. And you know what? I felt fantastic about 25 minutes later. All my symptoms gone for a few hours. You know why? Because it works. Sons of bitches. Jesus. It was all I could do. I was tempted to hoard some right then and there. I was tempted to just pack a full, like a... I'd That's like what the, I do every time I go to Vancouver. Yeah, you just have to pack a suitcase full of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd like for the DEA to hear me say that. <laughs> I'm packing a suitcase full of pseudoephedrine. Well, so, so on your way out across the bridge, it says, Washington, thanks you for buying Sudafed. It, it, I mean, they might or as they well. they should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Straight ahead, more news from uh, Tim Riley, plus uh, our good friend Todd the Corpse weighs in with a geek question. Uh, and we will uh, endeavor to answer that when we return. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Tuesday morning. Don't go anywhere. Back right after this. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. This is the Rick Emerson Show. My humor comes from watching my parents have sex, smoke weed, my mom being naked. On Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to be here tomorrow when our guests will include Ryan White, music editor from The Oregonian, and we'll have uh, more tickets for you to see Blink 182. Uh, This email comes from our good friend Todd the Corpse, who says, I know where I stand with the whole Batman versus Superman debate. Batman is way better, which I tell each and every kid in my three-year-old Sunday school class for all the obvious reasons. It takes guts to be a hero, etc. But I just heard someone ask if James Bond was better or cooler than Batman. This is a completely ridiculous question, but since I'm not well-versed in James Bond, it seems legitimate. And having the facts laid down, I don't know the answer. They're completely different genres, so maybe it doesn't count. I just don't know. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobis. You are my only hope. Uh, signed, yes, this is our life. Uh, Todd. So there you go. All right, James Bond versus Batman. Cooler or better? Sarah? I don't know. I was just thinking, because Batman does it for free, and James Bond's paid. But at the same time, Batman, uh, you know, Bruce Wayne comes from money, so he never has a problem with money either. That's true, although James Bond works for the government. James Bond does work for the government. He works for the man. I kind of think Batman's cooler because he makes his own rules. Tim? I just think Batman is weird. I mean, here's a... (laughs) There's no getting around Here's a fellow dressed up as a bat. I mean, (laughs) do you think that Sean Connery would put on a bat suit? I'm not dressing up as a bat. Uh, I guess I guess I can see your point when you put it in such stark terms. I, I suppose mean, I can... how many adults are dressing up as bats? <laughs> well, see, I mean, it's a childish antic, really. It, it doesn't matter what he drives or what, what he's capable of doing. Why do you suck the joy out of everything good, Tim? Why do you sprinkle hate all over the tastiness of life? Uh, well, more power to people who want to dress up as bats. I don't care. But for my money, James Bond. Now, is that James Bond in general, or is that only Sean Connery? Hmm. I would say 
If you add them all together and average them out, I would say James Bond still comes out ahead, regardless of who plays him at any given time. Really? You know so, a like, lot in common, though, because there have been a lot of Batmans and there have been a lot of Bonds. It's like, how do you dress up as James Bond? That's more of an adult thing. I suppose. So you're saying that, like, the... Uh... It's a, a way of carrying yourself as opposed to dressing up as a childish character. <laughs> so even, like, George... But Batman can fly. Well, he, no, he can't, though. I mean, he, he can't can really glide. fly, but he, he has, glides. He can he has glide. tools that can help him fly. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I honestly, I don't know where I come down. I see. For me, I almost want to. I almost want to say Batman because, but this is more of a Batman versus Superman thing. Again, I, the Batman, of course, is better than Superman. A because Batman has no superpowers, uh, and B because Batman has the added advantage of being crazy, uh, which goes to your point of him dressing up like a like an animal. I mean, Batman is just. I mean, I think everybody someone who dresses up as a bat. I think it is the general consensus uh, that that Batman is nuts as opposed to let's say Superman, who is uh, you know who has maybe an overly stark uh, image of right and wrong, but Batman is just flat out psychotic. Whereas James Bond is sort of. James Bond isn't even really amoral. James Bond, but James Bond is sort of, he's sort of cool and a little bit calculated. Except but would, in the last movie, which was horrendous. Well, that la- you know, I, I can't really weigh in on the last movie because... I think that guy is a terrible Bond. Yeah, he was. I don't even know that I could that I could weigh in though because well, the new James Bond supposedly is like thirty five, but he looks like he's eighty. And every shot only he looks lasted like a little Munchkin or something. Every shot was a quarter of a second long, so I'm not even really I'm not even really positive that I can give my input on the film because that would require being able to see what was going on. Court and I were we both felt like old guys because we were sitting there going, "I wish that all oh, this editing is too fast. I can't see what's going on." And there were just... too many flames everywhere. There are flames. I remember watching that James Bond film, and there's that sequence at the beginning where they're on the clock tower or whatever, and like they're hanging from ropes and they're dangling, which seemed like it was a really cool sequence. Mm -hmm. I just don't know because I couldn't ever follow what was going on. Yeah, it was really disjointed. It made me kind of on edge the entire time. Do you remember the whole sequence where they're like, uh, they're speeding along in boats and they're, you know, Bond is in one boat and like the chick with the bad guys in another boat and they're speeding around or whatever. And then the next thing I knew, like the sequence was over and I had no idea how it ended or who came out on top. Why she was on the boat or where the boat went. Yeah. Uh, It was just, it was like it was edited, uh, you know, like they put the editor, you know, get me that, get me that avid and put it on puree. Uh, Can we go, is Brent's microphone, is uh, is that workable over there? I never Mm -hmm. know. Uh, I don't know if we can get to Brent, who is uh, filling in for our good friend Greg Nibbler today. Hello, Brent. Hello. Hi, where do you fall on the big uh, Batman-James Bond question? Batman would win, hands down. All right. All right, please to be describing why. Well, he's a genius, one. He, uh... On many attempts, uh, can kill Superman at a win. That's true. He was able to. He was able to kill Superman. You, I mean, you have to give it up for him there. Uh, and, and this says, uh, well, James Bond always gets in trouble, whereas Batman is usually in control of the situation. See, and James Bond always seems like like Batman makes his own luck, whereas Bond just seems like he gets things because he's lucky sometimes. Mm. Like he doesn't really work at it. Like he just kind of lucks out that the bad guy doesn't look at him. But Batman's all you got to do is dress really properly detailed. and hiding ahead of pistol somewhere. I suppose <laughs> I will give you that Bond is infinitely more stylish, uh, whereas the Batman unless is- it's Bruce Wayne. Yeah, well, see, but that, see, okay, that, that that see, that's almost not fair. Then I guess to compare the two. <laughs> now that you put it that way, because in a way, Bruce Wayne sort of is James Bond. It was. It's as though, in other words, it's as though um, if James Bond every time he wanted to use one of Q's devices. That he suddenly had to like sprout, you know, horns or something. That's or, like, true. Millionaire playboys. I guess I, it makes a lot of sense. So maybe you were almost comparing apples and oranges because Batman is two people. Batman sort of is Bruce Wayne, and he is, uh, you know, he is this wholly separate being. Whereas James Bond, mu- James, see, James Bond might almost win then because they are both both halves are consolidated into the one person. But Batman knows his one weakness: women. Well, 
Okay. Does James Bond have any weaknesses that we know of? I mean, Indiana Jones has the thing where he's afraid of snakes. Yeah, James Bond's weakness is women. Yes. Okay, but I mean... Uh, That's Batman, true, and Batman's... Batman doesn't have that weakness. Oh, oh. I thought you said Batman. Okay, no. so wait. So Bond is aware... But I don't think that's true. Bond isn't aware of his own his own weakness because... No, if Bond that was... isn't aware. Batman knows it, though. Batman is aware. Okay, I'm so confused. You're saying Batman is aware that his weakness is women? No, he knows James Bond's weakness is women. Oh, you're no, saying if the two of them okay. were in a room, they would be able to suss out the... Right, okay. if they were sitting around playing cards... Okay, the, the, where, and whereas James Bond wouldn't have any awareness of what Batman's weaknesses, whatever whereas, they might be. And Batman can walk around from a woman he loves for the greater good. Which yeah, and Bond is always getting women killed. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was just watching, the, I haven't watched a Bond movie in a few months probably, but I watched um, You Only Live Twice. And there's that whole sequence where he, he like hooks up with that uh, with that girl, the hot Asian girl, and then they drip the poison into her mouth while she's asleep. Bond is constant. You know what? B- b- being a lover of James Bond is like being Harry Callahan's partner in any of the Dirty Harry movies. You know? Hey, my new partner, Chico. Poof, dead. One dead guy. I mean, you're his partner for like five minutes and you get shot in the head. I just don't even know. Now I've confused myself. At the beginning of this, I thought I knew what I uh, what I believed. Now well, I, we can have another program on this some other time. Don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, Batman would just dress up like a woman, like uh, like uh, what's his name, the uh, rabbit Bugs Bunny. Oh, and distract James yeah. Bond. And he would bam, dress up as Bugs Bunny head with a hammer. Bam. This <laughs> this text message says, "Isn't James Bond supposed to be a secret agent? I think Batman keeps the secret a lot better." <laughs> okay, that's a fair <laughs> point. Um, all right. Well, on that note, let's do uh, uh, one uh, story here with uh, where, what time is it? Jesus, it's 852. Where does the time go? I didn't even. Uh, I, it goes I, away because we keep talking. <laughs> that's that's the uh, that's, that's the secret. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. First, Beaverton police and members of Washington County Interagency Grant Gain Enforcement Team are investigating a stabbing incident. One man is in critical condition. This happened last night at Southwest Hall Boulevard near Colony Lane. Three Hispanic men stopped their car and attacked an 18-year-old victim, chased him home, stabbed him up to five times in the chest. They took off in their car. So far, no names have been released. Then from television, the Duggars are expecting their 19th child. Now they these, already have 18. These are not... When Sarah said the Duggars are expecting a 19th child, I thought you meant the kidnapping, alleged kidnapping family in California, but that's the Dugar no. or Dugans or or, right. or, or or the family, I guess, of the... Is that the kidnapping the family? Dugars, the, the Dugars are the ones with the 18 children. The Dugar... The Dugards are, that's are the, the family in the, the kidnapping with, case. Yeah, J.C. Dugard, who was All right. kidnapped. But this well, is the, that's going to be a problem for them. Seriously, it's a problem for me, and we've mm-hmm. been covering this story, and I couldn't figure it out. So the, the family you're talking about, Tim, this is the, these, these, these uh, hillbillies uh, that, that keep cranking out children. Yes. Yes, from Arkansas. Because that one photograph they always show is them at Dollywood, uh, where Dolly Parton is like holding the, the tiniest baby, and yeah, then I've she's like flanked. To to Dollywood. Dollywood would be awesome. I would totally go well, there. Well, the dad says this never gets old. Really? Uh huh. Apparently, she agrees that it's not getting old. When he says this, what do you suppose he's talking about? I don't about? know what the, this is. All right, because uh, depending on the this, I think the this might be aging exponentially. If you know what I mean. Oh well, it, it's functioned flawlessly up to now. Why doesn't anybody point out that a forty-two-year-old woman ought not be having children at all, especially if she already has eighteen? Isn't it like every year? That's past- not what Sarah Palin says. <laughs> the. The it was like every year past thirty five, the odds of birth defects go up by like I don't know, like fifteen percent or something like that. Well, God gives people what they ask for. I suppose that's true. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Good news: the same day that Blink One Eighty Two is playing, Apple will unveil its new iPod. It's supposed to be bigger and better than ever. It's going to be a special event. Apple indicated the special event is related to iPod music players. 
Uh, let's see. The email invitation shows a dancing silhouette of a person with an iPod. Why, that's new. It also says, it's only rock and roll, but we like it. Mm-hmm. I should note, this way on the Apple uh, front, so we, uh, we've we got a new email server here. So our email servers, they switch, and they're a different building, and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so we had to get, uh, I had to get my BlackBerry updated. So I go over to the, uh, up to the IT department, and the, the, the IT guy, Will, is looking at my BlackBerry, and he's installing the new email software. And he says to me, he goes, well, I'm surprised you don't have an iPhone because you have a Mac. And I said, well, he goes, why don't you? And I said, well, because you always told me I couldn't have one. They always told us we couldn't have iPhones here because an iPhone couldn't get corporate email. And he said, well, that's only with the old system. So now I guess with the new email system, if you were inclined to get an iPhone and to uh, work here at KUFO, it would in fact function with corporate email. So that being said, I'm probably not going to get one. Uh, I'll stick with my BlackBerry for now because I think if I had an iPhone, I would just be terrified of dropping it. And you know because and those things are just big glass bricks. I think if you dropped an iPhone wrong, it would just shatter into a billion pieces, and you have to kill yourself. I don't have one. It'd be giving people too much access to me. I mean, well, that's right. Well, Tim, you, I mean, you're someone. Uh, people have to. Uh, people have to be denied as much Tim Riley as they want. I you mean, can't people allow don't people need to text court. messages saying I'm eating lunch. I don't need a device to let people know that. <laughs> I'm having dinner and watching television. People it's, people know that without me typing it into a screen, don't they? I, I suppose. They could probably suss that out. It's just one more expensive thing that I could break. I mean, that's my thing. I just my goal is to get a phone that if I you know that I you know, if it were to get run over by a steamroller, I'm not gonna have to go take my life in some horrific fashion. And Macaulay Culkin says he's not the father of blanket. Father, it took me a second to figure what you're talking about. <laughs> Michael Jackson's kid, Blanket, yeah. the uh, the oldest kid. Why is he named Blanket? Does anybody know? Yeah, the child is named Comforter. The, uh, the Laura asked me the other time. We've talked about that. I think it's because he loved his Blanket. It's just a weird, random name. You know, it's like if it gets a rattle. A tire or something. All right. <laughs> it just sketch. Coming up uh, tomorrow, we will be uh, speaking with, uh, among other folks, Oregonian music editor Ryan White. So be listening for that. And don't forget that on Friday, 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 Friday at 9 a.m., the KUFO half-off sale continues with gift certificates to, among other places, Sunnyside Automotive and Exhaust, state-of-the-art auto repair facility with top-notch technicians geared toward the ultimate in customer service. As of Friday, 9 a.m., there we go, right on time. Let me see if I can make the plonking sound just to sort of close it out here. Hold on a second. Just because it's not the end of a show unless we. Uh, there we go. Now I can continue. It's like when it's it's like when someone says shave and a haircut, and you just you have to say two bits. It just goes without saying. Uh, Nine a.m. Friday, you'll be able to get yourself a twenty-five dollar gift certificate to Sunnyside Automotive and Exhaust. Don't you laugh, you bastard! See, his mic is off, and people can't hear that Tim Riley is goading me into laughter <laughs> with his own brand of merriment and mirth that is audible to me but to no one else. You will be able to get yourself that gift certificate to Sunnyside Automotive and Exhaust for half off this Friday at 9 a.m. as part of KUFO's continuing half-off sale. But if you are caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101, you'll be able to get yourself uh, for free right now before you can buy it. Win one before you can buy it right now at 503-228-4101. Uh, we want to thank CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum for joining us today, Don Taylor from Movies.com, and from TMZ, Dax Holt. Uh, Rick Emerson show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO. In the newsroom, Tim Riley, our good friend Brent, filling in for Greg Nibbler, who is uh, off shooting today. He'll be uh, returning tomorrow. The front desk, the gatekeeper is Dave Zinn, the web mistress, Bridget from upstairs, Alpha Broadcasting, marketing guru, Susan Don't F with Me Reynolds, executive producer, Christopher J. Paddock. Coming up is at 9 o'clock. Our good friend Buzz will be here with Smells Like the 90s. My name is Rick Emerson. It is Tuesday, September 1st, 2009. And that is The Frequency. Kenneth, as always, thank you for listening. Be safe. See you all tomorrow. Watch out for snakes.
interview Eric Weihenmayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. But he's gay. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.